Last week for not having the show, but 
my schedule has kind of changed, and now it's a little hard for me to have these shows on Sunday. So uh, I'm actually working on Sunday tonight. Uh, I'm not working, and then next week I'll, I'll be working on Sunday, and then next week kind of goes back and forth until the schedule, until uh, we see a change in the schedule. So I don't know when I'm going to be able to do this show again. I mean, you know, I just play it by ear, but I will tell you this. I'm going to try to have a pre-recorded show. So the nights, the weeks that the show isn't live, which some of y'all don't call anyway live, so I, I don't know why I'm really breaking my neck, to be honest with you, to have these live shows because a lot of y'all listen to it when it goes off, which is fine. It's fine. It's just no need, though, to really make a big deal out of making it live when uh, so many of y'all uh, guests is working on Sundays or whatever because you are listening. It's not like you're not listening. And y'all excuse me, I'm trying to open this tea bag here. So, anyway, just to let you know, last week I canceled because it was a kind of a, I was, I thought I made it could do a little something I couldn't, so we just end up uh, just canceling. And I was going to do a pre-recorded show, couldn't figure out which one, and that's nothing. Y'all send me an email, shoot me an email if you'd like to hear a particular show pre-recorded more than those, but it's kind of, Another thing I thought about on Sunday, the reason why I have the show is pre-recorded shows, you can always go and listen to them yourself. I guess the only thing is those who don't have the Internet could listen to some of the old shows, and they don't have a computer, so they don't have a way to do like some of y'all that have a computer, go and listen to any show they like in the archives. I guess that's the one good thing about having a pre-recorded show, uh, an older show, and uh, of course, you take a chance of the person have already heard it. So, but anyway, we'll see how that goes. Just so you know, we may start having pre-recorded shows on Thursday. I mean, on Sundays. Also, uh, I'm looking also to change the whole format. In other words, you have to cancel the show pretty much when school starts because the kids will be all busy now going to school. And I know there's a lot of people listening, and I don't know. I'm beginning to wonder: am I am I am I bleeding over bleeding over into a different audience because I mean we had a hundred and I've had like a hundred and I think it's almost two hundred people listen to the show last not last week but the week before and I'm trying to understand those numbers how they why they so high I mean normally our shows do good but not that good we only have forty people forty five people on Facebook that I know of that would listen and I know everybody don't listen so uh, when you have numbers it's like 170, and you have to start thinking, okay, who who's listening to these shows? And I'm beginning to think there's some people that that's not a part of the family at all. And I don't know. I don't, really don't know. A lot of y'all just kind of do it incognito. You kind of listen, and that's fine, because the main thing we want you to listen. But we sure would like to know who's listening, because if it's not the family, we can just do some different shows altogether. So I know when school starts, a lot of people is going to, start going to school, have uh, a lot of things that they put, including the parents, because, you know, so we'll just see, but I'm I'm wrestling with the idea of just doing something completely different on Sunday, starting August uh, the 20th, the week the school started, I think it's the 26th or something like that. So we'll see how that pan out, and uh, if so, we'll just continue doing shows on Sunday, just won't be uh, this Book of Douglas Family Friends Network. I just don't know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm thinking a lot of people going back to school. So y'all let me know what y'all think. Honestly, shoot me an email. Send me an email at Seth Stone, S-E-T-H-S 
S-T-O-N-E-S, Seth Stones at Yahoo, saying, yeah, I think it's a good idea. No, I think it's not. And so that way we'll, we'll, we'll be making the right decision because I know there's a lot of people listening. You know, 160 is a lot for a family show. Now, the other shows I do is a whole different story, but when you're only sitting out a message to about 40 people on Facebook and then you send out a phone reminder to, I guess, another 40, it's only like, and some of these are the same people, it's only like 70 people I'm reaching out to, really. And so when you get a, a almost triple that, you got to wonder what's going on. So um, just hoping I'm not thinking I'm talking to family and I'm talking to other people that's outside the family. And if that's you too, you, you have, you're uh, a person that don't know the family because this is the Book of Family and Friends Network. But if you don't know any of the bookers of, uh, and you just happen to be listening on the Internet, please let me know. That's important. You're welcome. You're welcome. Sure is. You're welcome. But i like to know. So just send me a little one-liner email to Seth, S-E-T-H, Stones at Yahoo, all right? Folks, like I said, this week, as within every week, uh, lots going on, some things I don't know about, a few things I do know about. Uh, we'll talk about that a little later. I'm going to allow the family just a little bit more time to come. I see some people haven't showed up. Uh, the chat room have a few people in it. Um, that's not registered, but that's okay. You don't have to be registered just as long as you're in the chat room. So some people are there. and uh, So let me do this. Let's go ahead and do this. I want to uh, allow the family a little bit more time. It's just a little a song uh, that just kind of put things in perspective. So we'll be right back after Andre Crouch here. I'll keep you in perfect peace, whose mind has stayed on me. We'll be right back.
you're asking today, how long will it take? Somebody's asking, how long will prejudice blind the visions of men? I come to say to you this afternoon, however difficult the moment, yes, sir. however frustrating the hour, it will not be long because truth crushed earth will rise again. Yes, How long? Not long. Yes, sir. Because no lie can live forever. Yes, sir. How long? Not long. How long? Yes, because you shall reap what you sow. Yes, How long? How not long. Truth forever on the scaffold, wrong forever on the throne. Yes, sir. Yes, that scaffold sways the future. Yes, Behind the dim unknown standeth God within the shadow, keeping watch above his own. How long? Not long. Because the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends toward justice. Yes, How long? Not long. Because mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. He's trampling out the village where the grapes of wrath are stored. He's loosed the fateful lightning of his terrible twist. Forward, yes, his truth is marching on. Yes, he has sounded forth the trumpet that shall never call retreat. Yes, he is sifting out the hearts of men before his judgment seat. Yes, oh, be swift, my soul, to answer him. Be jubilant, my feet. Our God is marching on. Yes, Glory, hallelujah. Yes, Glory, hallelujah. This is Kayla. This is Lydia. You're listening to the Booker Douglas Family and Friends Network. Enjoy the show. This is Arlene Turner, Seth's wife. You're listening to the Booker and Douglas Family Friends Network. Enjoy the show. Okay, folks, I'm back. Again, uh, listen to the Booker Douglas Family Friends Network. Okay, this is Five Smooth Stones. We are the hosts for the show, and this is on blogtalkradio.com. Going to be hopefully doing some other things or some other uh, websites, including um, my own website and getting away from Blog Talk because these people actually make money off these shows, believe it or not. Um, well, they make money from advertisement. You know, they have these advertisements. Anytime you go into the archives and listen to a show, you got to listen, listen to these advertisements, which sometimes people buy. And they give us a little something, very small. I mean, you got to have almost... I think it's 5,000 listeners a month to get a penny. And, I mean, it's so little, it's ridiculous. So I want to have my own show. I already have my own website, and I want to move the show to that in the future, in the future. So that's way in. Well, that's not way in the future. It's hopefully soon. But I, I want to get more listeners, more listeners. But anyway, um, this, is the, this is a show that's designed to build the family, the Book of Douglas, and friends, uh, this show is designed for that. What I was just talking about is more of five smooth stones is, is something me personally, what I have. I, I don't talk about it that much. That's why y'all don't know that much about it. But I was trying to push my own thing. Y'all would know every single show I have, when I have it, what, you know, the website. You don't even know the name of the website because I don't push my thing. My thing is on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and so you got to call on Tuesdays and Thursdays to hear about that. So anyway, this is the time for the Booker 
the Douglases and our friends of the Bookers and Douglas to come together uh, with ideas and collaborations and announcements and news and information, anything that will help strengthen the family. And I, I, I'm getting so tired of saying this, it's not even funny. And like I say, I know for a fact families listen, and I'm thank, thank, thank y'all. I really thank y'all that do listen. Those are y'all that takes time out to listen, especially young people. We did the show on the uh, on sin and guilt and, and your relationship with the Most High. We got a very that was, that was our most popular show. But uh, I have uh, when you listen to Five Smooth Stones, there's a way you can ask for a reminder to be sent to your cell phone anytime Five Smooth Stones have a show. So I'm thinking what's probably happening is, uh, well, I don't know. I don't know. I'm tired of guessing. We'll just move on with the show. Anyway, folks, uh, like I said, a lot going on in the family. Uh, one thing I want to remind everybody, well, I don't know if you know it or not, but those of you didn't know this will be a reminder, but Dwight was in the hospital. He didn't ask me to do this. Nobody told me to do this. But just remember him in your prayers. Uh, uh, he was in the hospital. and need your prayers. That's, that's all really needs to be said. I think he's okay from what I understand, but he definitely needs your prayers. Anytime anybody's in the hospital for anything, they need your prayers. So remember him. He's the only one I know of that's been in the hospital. I'm sure there's probably others that just don't know about it. I won't, don't know to tell unless I hear something. So Dwight Green, my uncle, uh, just remember him in your prayers. It's very important that you pray that the most high heal his body and um, he's actually looking for a donor uh, for a kidney. So if anybody know of somebody that's interested in donating a kid kidney, which you might know, I don't never uh, underestimate the power of the Most High. If you do, uh, get a hold of the family, somebody in the family. Y'all got my email address. I already put that out there. And let us know. It's very important. I know that's a hard, a big request, but nothing is too hard for the Most High. All right? So, also, tonight, just so you know what's going on tonight, uh, again, we'll talk about some more things happening around the family, things in a little bit. Uh, we also do our weekly uh, 10 top movies. Uh, we'll also hear from the President of the United States, Charlie, in his weekly address. We're going to continue to do these things, continue to do the little weather update we do uh, when we have the show. Again, I apologize for not having a show last week, but y'all heard me before the break. I talked about how, uh, you know, my schedule been changed. And so it's affecting a lot of shows, I do tell you the truth. Um, also, tonight we're going to talk about a very important subject. Now, this subject is something I anticipate a lot of people uh, ask in their heart. A lot of people may not want to come out and say it, but I know by the way people act and some of the things people say, uh, family and non-family, I know people wonder, is the Bible outdated? So the the topic for tonight is, the Bible seems outdated. What does the Bible have to do with my everyday life? The Bible seems outdated. What does the Bible have to do with my everyday life? That's a fair enough question. A lot of people want to know that. 
what does the Bible have to do with my everyday life? What does it have to do with my kids? What does my husband, what does it have to do with my bills? What does it have to do with my job? i got an issue going on with my job. What does the Bible have to do with that? This is an ancient book talking about the ancient people. It seemed like it has absolutely positively nothing to do with me, Seth. Why are you talking so much about the Bible? Why does we can't just have a show with all this reference to scriptures in the Bible? Why? Why does everybody always want to go Bible? Everybody, no matter where you go, you can't get away from the Bible. This, the Bible that God, this God that you know. This is 2012 or whatever year it is in the future. Folks, you listen in the future, and you're saying, <laughs> "What does?" My life right now, after with this old ancient book, thousands and thousands of years ago, their lives weren't like our lives. Their morals weren't like our morals. Their, their priorities weren't like our priorities. Technology was different. Region, regionally, things were different. Culturally, things were different. What does this have to do? Is it outdated? Is this holy book out there? Well, we're going to be talking about that on the hour at 10 o'clock tonight. So hopefully y'all stay tuned in. I'm going to actually go into some deeper things, go into a little deeper than that. I'm going to talk about how the people of the Bible is very relevant in our lives right now. There are people and events in the Bible that is very relevant even to us right now. And I'm also going to go even a little deeper and talk about how the Israelites are identical to African-Americans. I mean identical. And I went on to say, we'll simply amaze you. We mirror the Israelites in every way. We mirror the Israelites in every way. So this is the topic for today. This is, I just read to you the show description. Um, I didn't read all of it. Actually, let me just go ahead and read all of it so y'all know exactly what's going on, what you're getting yourself into tonight. I said, uh, the Bible seems outdated. What does the Bible have to do with everyday life? Today, excuse me, tonight, how the people of the Bible is very relevant to our lives now. Also, how the Israelites are identical to African Americans. It will simply amaze you. We mirror the Israelites in every way. Then I goes on to type, Seth, take it to the scriptures. Then I got in preferences hundreds, and there's literally hundreds of scriptures. We won't read hundreds of scriptures, but I will refer to hundreds of scriptures. Showing how the real Jews are to this day still in exile, forced out of their homeland country, taken into their new homes in slave ships. I'm going to say that again. Seth, take it to the scriptures, hundreds. Showing how the real Jews are to this day still in exile. In parenthesis, exile means forced out of their country. Went on to say, taken to their new homes in slave ships. Furthermore, how the scriptures foretell how if the Israelites are rebellious, they would work all the days of their life but not enjoy their labor. Make other men, excuse me, make other Others, excuse me, got a typo here, make other people wealthy 
but not their own. You ever notice that we can make everybody wealthy but not their own? Some of y'all know where I'm going with this. Make other people wealthy but not their own. Furthermore, the Israelites, their young men would be in prison. Their women would be taken by people from the north. That's sexually speaking in slavery. Lastly, how Israel would have it seven times harder than any other people. This is talked about in Leviticus 26. Amos 3 and 2, in the book of Amos 3 and 2, it talks about, uh, let's see here, Amos 3 and 2 confirms that that of all the nations, that of all the nations, Israelites, who the father knew. Let me just back up here. Amos three confirms that of all the nations, Israel the father knew, and for this reason they will be punished for all of their sins. I go on to type that Jeremiah chapter one talks about how the countries north of Israel would be called by the Lord to come to Israel and to occupy it as a punishment. Israelites are still in exile, not in Israel, to this very day. I'm going to say it again. Israelites are still in exile, not in Israel, to this very day. Revelations 2 and 9, Behold, I know those who say they are Jews and are not, but are of the synagogue of Satan. Revelations 3 and 9, Behold, I will make them come and worship at thy feet, those who say they are Jews and are not, but are of the synagogue of Satan. These are just a few points in scriptures used from tonight's uh, show. All right? So these are the type of things we're going to be talking about tonight. Uh, uh, Looking at the Bible, looking at us, looking at the Bible, looking at us, looking at the, the, the kingdom of Israel, the uh, these tribes, these 12 tribes, looking at the African-American, looking at our plight as a people, as a family, looking at the Bible, looking at these people, looking at us, looking at the people, looking at us, looking at the events that surrounded them, looking at the events that surrounded us. And you will see, I guarantee you, if you will just listen. So many times I have trouble with people because they have listened and they want all, they got all these comments. You know, all I ask is that you just listen to the show entirely and make notes, and then we can talk, okay? And this is an open show. You can call in. You can comment. Remember, if you're on the phone lines, you simply press 1. If you're in the chat room, you can type in your question. I am keeping an eye on the chat room. Um, chat room will normally get that much action because most of y'all like to uh, be cognito, which is fine. And so for that reason, I don't have to monitor the chat room because y'all not really saying much. You have to register in order to be able to talk. And most of y'all don't register. Uh, you just like just uh, pop in the chat room and listen. That's fine. That's perfectly, perfectly fine. I like seeing you there. But you can't chat unless you actually register. And you have to register, uh, giving them an email address, and, and you have to create a screen name for yourself. And then you can chat and say, Ask some questions, and I can answer them over the air, okay? In the future, anybody that want to call the show but don't want to be identified, I want to start doing this. You can simply call star 67 and then the 760 and I don't have to see your phone number. That way you can 
remain incognito uh, when you call the show. All right? So let's do this, folks. Let's go ahead and uh, hear from the president, uh, hear what he has to say. I want to always get him up early and out, not that I'm rushing him, but I want to hear what he has to say. Those of you that don't have time for uh, politics, you just don't have time to follow all these things that's going on in our government. This is a good way to uh, at least track Obama by the week. Every week he gives an update on what he has done or what's going on, and it's a good little way to find out what's going on with the president. Okay, we got an election coming up, so you don't want to just vote for anybody. You know, some of y'all don't like politics, as I said, and so you don't want to be voting and putting in the wrong person. You may decide you don't like this man, but you won't know. Here's a good way to find out, but by listening to this weekly address, it's the President of the United States, folks. Just a few minutes long. Hi, everybody. He's coming. Today I want to take a break from the back and forth of campaign season and talk about something that's brought us all together this week, the Summer Olympics. These games remind us that for all our differences, we're Americans first. And we could not be prouder of the men and women representing our country in London, in both the Olympics and in the Paralympics. Last weekend, Michelle led the American delegation to London and reaffirmed the special relationship we share with our strongest ally, Great Britain. She met with the Queen, with Prime Minister Cameron's wife, Samantha. She spent some time thanking our brave service members and military families. And of course, she took in as many events as she could to cheer on our athletes. Now, I gotta admit, I was a little jealous that she got to go. But like many of you, I caught as many events as I could, jumping off the couch for a close race or a perfect vault. I watched the wonderful young women of our gymnastics team recapture the team gold for America, and I was filled with pride watching Gabby Douglas win the all-around gold with incredible poise and grace. I watched our swimmers win a hall of medals, and Michael Phelps become the most decorated Olympic athlete of all time. I saw our women's soccer team power through the competition, and I am just as proud of all our athletes in sports that don't always get as much attention. The U.S. Women's Eight continued its growing dominance with another gold medal. Kayla Harrison won America's first ever gold medal in judo. And Marty Malloy won a bronze. Kim Rohde became the first American to win individual medals in five straight Olympics with her gold and skeet shooting. And her teammate, Army Sergeant Vincent Hancock, won his second skeet gold. I also thought of the truly difficult journeys that many of our athletes have made. Some have faced personal loss or beaten cancer. Some have worked long shifts at multiple jobs to feed their Olympic dreams. And some have done the impossible. Less than four years ago, Bryshawn Nellum was shot three times in his legs. But this week, he'll run the 400 meters. And as a boy, Lopez Lamont fled war and persecution and life as a refugee one of the lost boys of Sudan. Today, he's an American, and representing his country at the Olympics for the second time. So it's no surprise America's vying for the top of the medal count. But it's not the medal count alone that inspires us. Most of our athletes won't claim a medal at all. It's the character of the men and women who compete for those medals. It's their hard work and sacrifice. The countless hours in the gym, in the pool, on the track their dogged perseverance and unyielding determination through disappointment and triumphal life. It's that unconquerable spirit, that American spirit, that says even though we may have very different stories to tell, we 
even though we may not all look alike or talk alike or be dealt the same hand in life. If we work hard, we can achieve our dreams. We can do it. We try. We are one people with common values and ideals. We celebrate individual excellence, but recognize that only together can we accomplish great and important things we cannot accomplish alone. That's why we watch. That's why we cheat. That's why we come together for two weeks in summer and swell with pride at the incredible things our fellow citizens can do. And so, to all our Olympic and Paralympic athletes, whether you've already competed or have yet to compete, your country could not be prouder of you. Thank you for presenting the best of America to the world. And thank you for becoming new role models to our children, mine included, and inspiring them to believe that if they work hard and do their best, they can achieve great things too. Go get them this week, Team USA. We can't wait to welcome you home. God bless you, and God bless you. Okay, folks, I'm back. That was your president. Did something a little different. Talked about the Olympics today. That was a little different for him. So anyway, um, hope y'all had a chance to watch watch it. It's been pretty exciting. I started a little slow. Didn't look at it until a little later on. But uh, I must say that um, <laughs> very electrifying Olympics this year, and, I, and I'm not done with it. Uh, uh, they still have the on the sixth, seventh, and eighth, more track and uh, more track and uh, field uh, activity. That's my favorite, anyway. But uh, even Michael Phelps, which I don't, I don't know that I would say he was the greatest athlete. Uh, the president just said, um, "Just look at swimming a little different." Yes, it's hard. And yes, he have earned those medals, but I don't know if I would say he might be the most decorated. But I don't think it's. Uh, the biggest feat, I should say. Uh, Carl Lewis and a lot of the others have done a great job. I'm not just saying they're black, but uh, these people have. It's a different world, and I agree with several other commentators on that. But anyway, there you have it. President of the United States' this weekly address, again, he does it every single week. Just switching gears for now, uh, I want to also mention something. Uh, family member Tanny, uh, many of y'all know Tanny Smith, Donna's daughter. Uh, Tanny uh, had a kind of busy weekend. You know, she performed at the OK Corral. I didn't get a chance to make it because I was working. And then uh, she also went down to Houston. She performed with the uh, at the OK Corral with Diana Reyes, a very popular uh, Mexican singer. And then she went down to Houston and applied for American Idol, Spanish American Idol. It's American Idol. It's the same American Idol, just a Spanish version. I thought it was some other wannabe American Idol, but no, it is the American Idol, just a Spanish version. And Tanny got to go to Hollywood, so she is going to be leaving to Hollywood, California. I think it's on the 13th. And Tanny just want to congratulate you. I know the family does. If anybody haven't heard about this, go ahead and send her a yell on the uh, on Facebook and let her know how. Uh, Proud you are that she got a chance to do this clean stuff. I don't always support everything uh, out there, but American Idol is pretty clean. You know, pretty it's a family show, and that's why one of the reasons I'm supporting it. 
Okay, so I think it's a great idea. Too bad I can't speak Spanish so I can understand what's going on and follow the show like I do the regular American Idol. But anyway, Tanner should do good. So she will be heading to Hollywood, California on the 13th of August, 2012. Okay, so I uh, just want to say to the family, uh, don't forget about the uh, uh, the the, uh, the Atlanta, Georgia uh, family reunion. Don't forget about that. Uh, and I've mentioned every week, so I'm sure y'all got the dates and everything, but don't forget about the Atlanta, Georgia uh, reunion. Also, um, just trying to make sure I haven't forgot everything. I'll tell you what, let's do something a little different. I did have a poem I wanted y'all to check out. I can't think of anything else. Any of y'all have any other news clippings you want to um, shout it out over the Internet? Those are on the phone lines. Press 1 and you can do it. I'll let you talk. No big deal. If you're in the chat room and you want to uh, do a announcement, don't be shy. Again, I'll let you do it. Not a problem. I just can't think of anything else. Uh, the family always got something going on. I always kind of get it last. But uh, that's pretty much it that I can think of for the, uh, the news information. Lots going on in the city, in the state, in the country, in the world, though. I don't know if I'll get into any of that, but it's a whole lot going on, folks. I'm telling you, uh, other than this big Olympics, Olympics is dominating the news right now, but there's a whole lot of news going on. I know you all heard about the young man that was shot, handcuffed in the back of a car uh, in Arkansas. I mean, I know it's just one kid, but it's, it's important to somebody, and we need to be in prayer for that family. Uh, but anyway, let's do this. I want, I got to play this this, this little, I uh, heard these poems by Langston Hughes. A lot of y'all don't know who Langston Hughes is. And uh, some of y'all young people, you might have heard it, but it uh, depends on when you got educated at because everybody ain't talking about Langston Hughes for sure. But uh, Langston Hughes is a very, very uh, popular poet uh, among African Americans for sure. And uh, he, this man has paid his dues, and it's just amazing. Just don't hear more about him. Uh, in the uh, American curriculum, you don't hear about him in the schools like you should some other people. So, but I want y'all to hear uh, some, some someone reading his poems. I don't think this is read. This may be read by him. I actually, sometime when I do these shows, I want to be uh, surprised. That's the word I'm looking. For. I want to be surprised, just like y'all, just like the president. I didn't hear that till just now. Well. Some of these clips I, I, I get together. I don't. I don't play them until the uh, to the actual show. So uh, Langston Hughes, I got a um, five poems by him, and I heard the first one, but I didn't hear the other four. So it's going to be exciting. Listen to these poems with y'all. But just so y'all know, real quick, Langston Hughes was born in Joplin, Missouri. Uh, died in New York City. He was a poem uh, poet. He was a columnist. He was uh, he did a little drama, wrote essays, lyrics, novel uh, novelist, several things. Um, he actually died in I think it was sixty four, nineteen sixty four. I'm reading a little 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 something on him right here, and um, been not real clear on this date, but I think he died in sixty four. But it's, Total name was uh, his full name was Lang- uh, James Mercy Langston Hughes. James Mercer Jane Langston Hughes. I don't know why tonight I can't read for some reason. But anyway, this man has done a lot. Many think he was one of the brightest 
black, the brightest African American minds there ever was. I mean, this man was more than just a poet. He was bigger than life and spoke out often for African American struggles. Um, and he talked a lot about racism. That's one reason, one thing I liked about it. He did wasn't afraid to talk to, to talk about the race, the so-called race card. Uh, he wrote a book called The Ways of White Folks, stories by Langston Hughes. Very good writing, folks. I'm telling y'all, y'all got to check out Langston Hughes. But you're going to get a little sample of him here in a second. I just want to just kind of give you an update about the man. Uh, so here he is. Uh, this is, uh, again, five poems, five poems by Langston Hughes, and I hope y'all really enjoy it. Take a note, tell your kids about it, and try to uh, get them involved. Five different poems, really nice poems. I'm telling y'all, get a cup of coffee. Really listen, not a cup. You don't have time to get no cup of coffee, but relax and really sit back and listen. This is going to bless you. If you just will just listen. Some of us just moving too fast. Just relax and listen to these poems. It's loading. To fling my arms wide in some place of the sun, to whirl and to dance till the white day is done, then rest at cool evening beneath a tall tree, while night comes on gently, dark like me, that is my dream, to fling my arms wide in the face of the sun, Dance, whirl, whirl, till the quick day is done. Rest at pale evening, a tall, slim tree. Night coming tenderly, black like me. The instructor said, go home and write a page tonight and let the page come out of you, then it will be true. I wonder if it's that simple. I am 22, colored, born in Winston-Salem. I went to school there, then Durham, then here to this college on the hill above Harlem. I am the only colored student in my class. The steps from the hill lead down into Harlem, through a park, then I cross St. Nicholas, 8th Avenue, 7th, and I come to the Y, the Harlem Branch Y, where I take the elevator up to my room, sit down, and write this page. It's not easy to know what is true for you or me at 22, my age, but I guess I'm what I feel and see and hear, Harlem, I hear you, hear you, Hear me, we two, you, me, talk on this page. I hear New York, too. Me, who? Well, I like to eat, sleep, drink, and be in love. I like to work, read, learn, and understand life. I like a pipe for a Christmas present. All records, Bessie, Bop. Or Bach. I guess being colored doesn't make me not like the same things other folks like who are other races. 
So will my page be colored that I write? Being me, it will not be white. But it will be a part of you, instructor. You are white, yet a part of me, as I am a part of you. That's American. Sometimes, perhaps, you don't want to be a part of me, nor do I often want to be a part of you. But we are. That's true. As I learn from you, I guess you learn from me, although you're older and white and somewhat more free. This is my page for English B. My name is Johnson, Madam Alberta K. The Madam stands for business. I'm smart that way. I had a hairdressing parlor before the Depression put the prices lower. Then I had a barbecue stand till I got mixed up with a no-good man. Because I had uh, insurance. The WPA said, we can't use you wealthy that way. I said, don't worry about me, just like the song. You WPA folks, take care of yourself, and I'll get along. I do cooking, day's work too. Alberta K. Johnson, madam, to you. Night funeral in Harlem. Where did they get them to find cars? Insurance man, he did not pay. His insurance lapsed the other day. Yet they got a satin box for his head to lay. Night funeral in Harlem. Who was it sent that wreath of flowers? Them flowers came from that poor boy's friends. They'll want flowers, too, when they meet their ends. Night funeral in Harlem. Who preached that black boy to his grave? Old preacher man preached that boy away. Charged five dollars his girlfriend had to pay. Night funeral in Harlem. When it was all over and the lid shut on his head and the organ had done played and the last prayers been said and six pallbearers carried him out for dead and off down Lenox Avenue that long black hearse done sped the street light at his corner shined just like a tear that boy that they was mourning was so dear so dear to them folks that brought the flowers to that girl who paid the preacher man it was all their tears that made that poor boy's funeral grand night funeral in Harlem. I've known rivers. I've known rivers ancient as the world and older than the flow of human blood in human veins. My soul has grown deep like the rivers. I bathed in the Euphrates when dawns were young. I built my hut near the Congo, and it lulled me to sleep. I looked upon the Nile and raised the pyramids above it. 
I heard the singing of the Mississippi when Abe Lincoln went down to New Orleans, and I've seen its muddy bosom turn all golden in the sunset. I've known rivers, ancient, dusky rivers. My soul has grown deep like the rivers. What did y'all think of that? I know y'all liked that. That was something, wasn't it? That that telling you that's why I like Langston Hughes. You know, just sitting back and listening to him. It's been a while and a lot since I've heard him. But um I have to say, man, he is pretty deep. Very calm, but just hitting racism straight up in the mouth. Anyway, Langston Hughes, everybody, y'all check him out. Buy some of them books. Buy your kids that for Christmas. That'll be something different. Okay, folks, real quick, we'll do the movies and the weather, and we'll get down to the topic at hand. I know we're doing a little, a little bit later than normal. We won't have an inspirational moment other than the topic itself. I would hope uh, going into the scriptures at any time is going to be inspiration, but especially tonight. So this will be an inspirational moment. And Robbie didn't call, um, so uh, uh, she's probably busy. Got someone on the plate. But anyway, folks, Top ten movies, starting with number ten. Can you imagine what the tenth movie would be? It is Magic Mike. Magic Mike uh, grossed over the weekend, not this weekend, but the weekend before, uh, $1.3 million. To date, that movie has grossed $110 million. Coming in number nine is Brave. Brave grossed over the last weekend $2.8 million. Uh, to date, that movie has grossed $223 million. The Amazing Spider-Man, Spider-Man, $4.3 million, that's pretty good. Over the weekend, uh, $250 million to date. That movie has done real well. Number seven, coming in number seven, Step Up Revolution, Step Up Revolution. That is, uh, uh, over the weekend, it came in at $5.3 million. To date, $23 million. Uh, Ted came in at number six. It came in at number six. It's $5.4 million. Uh, it grossed over last weekend. To date, it has grossed $203 million. The Watch. The Watch over the weekend uh, come in $6.3 million at the box office uh, last weekend. Up to date, uh, gross to date, rather, it has uh, been $25.3 million. Ice Age, Continental Drift, $8.4 million. To date, that movie has grossed $131 million. That's Ice Age, Continental Drift, Diary of a Wimpy Kid, Dog Days. Last weekend, grossed $14.7 million. Actually, this movie uh, debuted last weekend, okay? Total Recall, Total Recall, uh, grossed $26 million. $26 million. To date, that movie has grossed twenty six million because it debuted last week, okay? Can anybody imagine what the number one movie is gonna be? I know all y'all know it, we all know it. I didn't get a chance to do the show last week because if I did I would have mentioned this because all the killings over the news that got along the shopping street spree. With that news hitting, everybody would have knew what the top movie was. But anyway, Batman, uh, The Dark Knight Rises. The Dark Knight Rises, Batman, uh, 36 uh, millions is what it did. Not this weekend, but last weekend. Um, and uh, it debuted weekend before that. And um, anyway, 
Did I get that right? Anyway, up to date, this movie has grossed $354 million. Can y'all believe that? So it debuted really well uh, because it only did 36 million over the weekend. And so in that little short bit of time, it must have debuted really high to be at $354 million. Can you wrap your brain around that for a movie? I mean, come up for a movie now. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Anyway, the weather. The weather right now, it is outside 94 degrees, whether you believe it or not. might not feel like 94, but it is. Tomorrow, uh, it's going to get as high as 102 with scattered uh, thunderstorms. Low is going to be 79. Tuesday, highs, I can't believe this. Oh, my goodness. It's going to be 108 degrees. It's the high for Tuesday. The low is 79. Wednesday, these thunder showers don't don't have none, do they? Uh, they're going to have thunder showers again, uh, expected. Highest 108, lowest 77. I didn't get into the details of that, the, the percentage of Probably should have went into the full weather, but that's not what this is for. I just want to give you an idea. That basically is going to be hot, 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 okay? Hot, hot, hot. Simple and plain. So uh, I will – well, actually, let's see here. Nah, it don't show it. But anyway, folks, that was the weather. So anyway, uh, we are now uh, ready to uh, just talk about uh, something a little different uh, for the show. Let me do my little thing here. And now for our feature presentation. <laughs> little thing, I always like to play that. But anyway, tonight, folks, like I said on the hour, we will be talking about a very important topic. I know that a lot of us think, and I know young people, but I don't want to just say it's just to the young people, and then the old people start thinking, I forgot about them. This is a message for anybody, but I would think a lot of young people think this probably more so than older people, but for sure this message is for anybody tonight. And the message is, the Bible seems outdated. Okay? What does the Bible have to do with my everyday life? What does the Bible have to do with my everyday life? The Bible seems outdated. What does this book have to do with my everyday life? I want everybody to please, if you don't mind, get your Bibles out unless you're at work or you're driving on the road or something like that. But if you look around the Bible, you're going to have to, some of y'all, I'm telling you, I'm warning you, you're not going to believe the stuff I'm going to tell you because some of y'all just go to the same old books over and over and over, and you don't go into certain books. So I'll probably go into some books that some of y'all not used to. I'll probably quote some books that some of y'all just don't go to very often some of y'all, okay? So, family, I just want y'all to follow me. I'm very serious. I have a serious, serious agenda tonight to make this Bible, to show the relevance of this book, this book called the Bible, this collection of books in our everyday life. And I'm going to talk about how I believe with all of my heart and soul and being, I personally believe we so-called African-American is one of the lost tribes. But I'm going to try my best to keep my, uh, not say that, 
other than just now, I won't say it probably again the whole show. I just want to show you in Scripture how our lives, as so-called African-Americans, mirror, mirror the Israelites in every single aspect you can imagine. There is nothing that the Israelites do as a people that we don't really go through. I mean, of course, we are not. We had they had their own land and all that, but I'm talking about as far as how they thought about themselves, the way their attitudes was towards the Most High, the the cursings they went through as a people, them being enslaved for 400 years. Uh, uh, the Bible talks a lot about it. We're going to read a little bit about it in a little bit how that uh, Israel was foretold. Uh, Moses laid it out in Deuteronomy 28. That's the first place I want you to turn. It's the key verse, the foundational scripture, if you will, for this talk tonight, this study tonight, this hopefully a dialogue tonight, but if not, it'll just be a topic. It'll be a sermon, whatever you want to make it, uh, one-man thing. But I would like for you all to give me feedback and questions if you like, but otherwise I'm just going to go on with it. Deuteronomy 28. Verse 46, Moses is talking to the true 12 tribes of Israel who the Bible is wrote about. The Bible is wrote about uh, God and his people, a God who we call Yahweh of the Old Testament. Uh, excuse me, let me just say this right. A father and his people, okay, a father and his people. Now, I believe with all my heart, and uh, what I get into a deep uh, Bible study that, the God of the Old Testament was Christ in his form of glory. I, I, I believe that Christ said very clear that no man has seen the Father at any time or heard from him. So then who was that Moses saw who uh, who told Moses, Moses asked to see him. He said, I can't show you my face. I can't show any man my face and they live, but I can show you my backside. Now, Christ said in the New Testament that no man has seen the Father at any time or heard from him. So who was Moses hearing from at that time if that wasn't the Father? That was Christ, Jesus Christ. Many say Jesus, but there was no J in the Hebrew. His name was Yeshua or Yeshua. This was him before he came to earth as a man in his former glory. This was Christ. He is the God of the Old Testament. As a matter of fact, Christ said out of his own mouth, Search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. Let me give you uh, where that's found at. But he says, search, search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. But they are they that speak of me. They are they that speak of me. No man knoweth the Father. He said, no man knoweth the Father. I'm going to say that again. No man knoweth the Father. Everybody, we pray and we say, Father is Father that. But no man knoweth the Father but the Son. This is what Christ was saying very clear. Okay? Now, I want to uh, give y'all the scripture real quickly. Knoweth the Father. This is what, what one, what, I didn't really plan on talking about this. But anyway, have your Bible, Tammy. Just want to make a note of this because we're actually going somewhere else. But it says, uh, uh, no man with the Father. Matthew. 
Matthew eleven twenty seven. Let's go there real quick. Matthew eleven twenty seven. Okay, this is talking about how Christ said, "No man knoweth the Father but the Son." Okay, so we know Christ. He was the God of the Old Testament, and then he was the Messiah of the New Testament. But Yahweh, the Father that Christ talked about over and over and over and over again, over and over and over and over again, nobody knows him. And Christ says it several times in the New Testament. Let's start at verse 25. Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of the heavens and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and the prudent and hast revealed them unto babes. Verse 26, even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. Even so, Father, for it seemed good in thy sight. All things are delivered unto the Father, and no man knoweth the Son but the Father. No man knoweth the Father, save the Son, and he to whom the Son will reveal him. I'm going to say that again. All things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth the Son but the Father. No man knoweth the Son, no, excuse me, no man knoweth the Son but the Father, no man knoweth, uh, let me just back up, I'm telling you, I'm not having a hard time reading for some reason. And no man knoweth the Son but the Father, neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son, and he to whom the Son would reveal Okay, but that that is a, 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 a just one scripture talking about, uh, uh, and I want to here's another one. here's another if you have your uh, if you have your uh, Bible saying this is the King James Version Bible. Okay, all scriptures are from the King James Version Bible, but uh, here's the scripture where Christ says, "Search the scriptures." I was really meaning to look for here. Uh, search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. John 5, St. John 5 and 39, quickly, 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 because this is not the topic of our subject. This is not what we're going to be talking about tonight. Tonight we're going to get into who uh, we are as a people. Is the Bible relevant to us? Is it relevant to 2012? That's what we're going to be talking about. We're going to nail that down, if nothing else. We're going to nail that down, if nothing else, tonight. Okay, and I, when we get through the night, there won't be nobody saying that the Bible don't have nothing to do with us. It's irrelevant. It's, it's ancient. It's outdated. Because I'm gonna, uh, with the help of the Most High, and he, and he has to do it because, in and of myself, I can do nothing but confuse people. I mean, but the but the Father has used me, and really all over the world. To be very honest with you, if I don't say it, I'm lying. And all over the world, not every single part of the world, but the places I've been, to share this with many people. And many people have been blessed by this. And some people have went on to teach it to others, and others probably teach it to others. And somebody taught it to me. It's not my truth. I don't own nothing. Don't get no glory for it. It's not mine to give. It's just truth, folks. It's in the Bible. I believe with all my heart we are the people of this book. This book actually was wrote about people, African-Americans, descendants called the Israelites. We're one of the lost tribes. There was 12 tribes. We were one of the lost tribes. I believe that. I do not acknowledge the people in Israel, the true Jews of the Bible, because of what I'm about to read. When we look at what Moses said is going to happen to the Jews in Deuteronomy 28, we see that the people in Israel today in much respect and love to them, no hatred, no disrespect, no hatred, no disrespect. I ain't on that. 
okay? Please know that. This has nothing to do with that. This is just talking about straight-up scripture verse. The Most High say this is going to happen, this is going to happen, this is going to happen to Israel. You look all over the planet and see who is it happening to, whoever it's happening to, they are who we call Israel. It's just that simple. Verse 39, search the scriptures. Uh, we're talking about John, St. John 5, 39. Search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And they are they which testify of me. He's saying that the Old Testament, Old Testament is talking about him. Verse 40. And ye will not come to me that ye may have life. Okay. I want to back up all the way up to verse uh, 36. But I have a greater witness than that of John. For the works which the Father hath given me to finish, the same works that I do, bear witness in me, that the Father hath sent me. Verse 37. And the Father himself which hath sent me hath borne witness of me. Watch this. Ye have neither heard his voice at any time, nor seen his shape. Ye have neither heard his voice at any time, nor seen his shape. And ye have not his word abiding in you. For whom he has sent, him ye believe not. And there's other scriptures that talk about how Christ is saying nobody knows the Father. Christ was not the Father. Christ is talking about his Father. And there's other scriptures that talks about how no man has seen the Father. But yet in the Old Testament, there was this being talking to Moses. Okay? So this being, the Father that sent Christ, is Yahweh. Or some people call it, it was four letters in place of the word God in the Bible. Four letters. Y in Hebrew, which means Yud, H, Hav, H. The Hebrew pronunciation of the H is Hav, Yud, Hav, or Hav, Yud, Hav, H-A-V, Yud, Hav, Y-O-D for Yud, H-A-V for Hav, Wav, W. It's Y-H-W-H. Y-H-W-H-U-D-H-A-V-H-A-V-H-A-V-H-A-V-H-A-V-H-A-V-H-A-V-H-A-V-H-A-V-H-A-V-H-A-V-H-A-V-H-A-V-H-A-V-H-A
That's where we get the name Yahweh from. You ever heard songs? You probably sing at your church saying Yahweh, Yahweh this. Uh, one scripture says, praise the Father, praise his name, praise him, and call his name Yah. It says Jah. Uh, this is a scripture in the Bible. It talks about Jah. Some of y'all don't know this is not a big deal, but it is in the Bible saying, call his name Jah. Well, nobody calls his name Jah. You ever notice that? You never go to no church and they call his name Jah. No, no church. I've never heard a church call his name Jah. But there is some people that call him Jah. And that's the Rastafarians. Now, I know some of y'all think, well, are they right? Are they the real religion, since they call it? No, I want to get off into it. I'm just simply talking about the name right now. That's where they get the name Jah. Psalm 68 and 4 talks about Jah. Sing unto God. Sing praises to his name. Extol him that rideth upon the heavens by his name, Jah. Now, that's talking about the Father. That's talking about the Father. Nobody has seen or heard him at any time. That's talking about the Father, Jah. Well, there was no J in the Hebrew language. There simply was no J. The J is still wet on the page. It's a very new alphabet. wasn't a J in the Hebrew language. That name was Yah. Okay, Yah. Or these four letters, Yud, Hav, Wad, Hav, which is, uh, some people say Yahweh, some people say Yaqua, different different names. People don't really know what is how to pronounce it. They just got all these speculations. And so the most popular one you hear all the time is Yahweh. But those are the letters that was there in the place of the word G-O-D. Okay, now Christ, the God of the Old Testament, the God of the Old Testament, the one that you see doing this and doing that and doing this and doing that, you got to read it very clear because the Father is referenced in the Old Testament, but a lot of times what you're looking at uh, the person that's doing this and the other is Christ before he came to this earth. You're looking at Christ in his former glory. Now, having said all this, I laid the foundation. Let me move on. Fast forward. I'll rewind all the way back to Moses up on the mountain talking to the Israelites. Moses upon the mouth of the Israelites. Now, I'm going to refer to Christ as the God of the Old Testament, okay? Simple and plain, because, again, the Father is Yahweh, and nobody has not heard from him or seen from him at any time. He's only reference. Remember in the book of uh, Psalms when David said, the Lord said unto my Lord, well, who's, a, who's David? I'm talking about King David. He, taught, he said in one scripture, the Lord said unto my Lord. The Lord said unto my Lord. The Lord said unto my Lord. You ever wonder who was David's Lord? And who was that person's Lord? Well, you can't kind of prove my point. This is talked about in Psalms 110 and 1 and uh, Matthew 22 and 44. The Lord said unto my Lord. There was a Lord higher than the God of the Old Testament. This was the Father Christ always talked about, always talked about his Father, Yahweh. Okay? Now, but let's 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 go all the way down to Moses. Moses, 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 who was a servant of, of the God of the Old Testament, Christ in his form of glory. Okay? We'll just say God. For, for some of y'all that feel more comfortable, we'll just say God. Just know I'm talking about the God of the Old Testament, okay? Now, I don't mean to confuse nobody, but I just want y'all to know because people get this very wrong. There's two different beings we're talking about. One is a person that that was that did, you know, and back when the earth was created, the Bible says that 
uh, in Genesis it says, let us create man. Well, that was the us that created the heavens and the earth. Who was the us? Some people think it was just God. No, it was the us. It was Christ in his form of glory and the Father. And some people believe the Holy Spirit even. That's another Bible study. Anyway, here's the bomb that's going to drop tonight on y'all. Some of you feel like the Bible is irrelevant to 2012, has nothing to do with 2012. I'm uh, about to show you, with the help of the Most High, if you will just listen to the entirety of this program, how the Bible is all up in your business right now to this very second. Deuteronomy 28, verse 46. Deuteronomy 28, verse 46. Moses is speaking to the true 12 tribes of Israel. They're all out on the mountain. Up on the, when you're on the mountain and you're speaking, you can literally hear for miles and miles and miles. Okay, you can just hear very clear. Moses is speaking. He's talking to the 12 tribes of Israel. All 12 of them, all of them are there. Uh, Gad is there. Judah is there. Zubalon is there. All of them are there. And he's telling them, Israel, the true Jews, what is going to happen to them if they obey as a nation. And what is going to happen to them if they disobey as a nation. And verse 46 says, And they, speaking of the blessings or curses, is going to be upon you, Israel, forever. This is how it reads. This is how it reads. If you got your Bibles, folks, you should be ready. Genesis, Exodus, Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy. It's the fifth book of the Bible. Just think Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, the fifth book of the Bible. Deuteronomy is part of the Torah. Okay? Now, Deuteronomy 28. Deuteronomy 28. Again, this is blessings and curses as to be upon the true, the real, the original people of the book called the Israelites or Jews. We don't like the word Jew because it's a J. And again, there was no J in the Hebrew. And y'all want to really find out what the Bible is saying or you want to keep changing every five years as you grow and not be afraid to embrace truth. Don't be like I was, have to change this stuff all, all the time because you was afraid of certain people. I'm telling you, just ask any any minister, was there a J in Hebrew? And they'll tell you no. I say Jesus, of course, because I was saved under that name, and I feel like the Most High know exactly who we're talking about. But if you just want to get technical and, and really follow the scriptures, there was no J in the Hebrew, okay? All right? So you don't say Jews. All right? Israelites is a more uh, uh, better name as well as he- Hebrews. These names can stand the test of time and goes back with the translations all the way back. Okay, so Deuteronomy 28, verse 1 through probably about 15, he's talking about the blessings. Somewhere around 15, he's talking about the blessings. And then uh, verse 16 through 68, he's talking about the curses. I know some of y'all are saying, ooh, that's a lot of curses that's to be upon Israel. Yeah, if they disobey, there's a lot of curses. But the blessings is actually more powerful because, you know, one of the blessings is everything you do will be blessed. So that can encompass thousands of things. Everything you do will be blessed. Everything you do will be blessed. I mean, if everything somebody does is going to be blessed, that's that's way more than 
than the 16 to the 68 curses, okay? So let's look at verse 46 real quick. Now, I'm telling y'all, this is going to be strong. I'm telling you right now, I like to warn people because, you know, sometimes people need to know what they're about to get into. This right here is going to set you free if you think the Bible is totally irrelevant to our life and everyday structure. This is going to show you how not only is the Bible relevant to African Americans, but African Americans is truly uh, one of the lost tribes. I know I said I'm not going to, going to say that, but I almost can't help but to say it because that's where we're going with this. Verse 46 says, speaking of the blessings or the curses, blessings and the curses. And they shall be upon thee for a sign, S-I-G-N, and a wonder, and upon thy seed forever. Let's say it again. Deuteronomy, the fifth book of the Bible, 28, verse 46. And they shall be upon thee, speaking of the blessings or the curses, and they shall be upon thee for a sign, Israel, and a wonder, and unto thy seed forever. The word forever in that verse is what caused me to see the revelation, because forever means 2012. We haven't reached forever yet. 2012 is a part of forever. Moses is saying that these blessings is going to be a part of Israel's life. This is going to be their life forever, these blessings if they obey, these curses if they disobey. Now, I'm not going to read all of Deuteronomy 28. I'm just going to give you a little bit of a few things, a few scriptures we're going to show you. And then I'm going to talk about how to look at this from a 2012 perspective. Like, for instance, when it talks about things like horses and buggies and your horse this and your mule that, some of y'all young people reading this, this you're going to be like, man, this don't have absolutely nothing. This is exactly what I was talking about. Man, we don't have no mules, no donkeys. This ain't nothing to do with us. you got to get deeper than that. Moses talked about, these things are going to be upon Israel forever. So you got to look at Israel is a, is a people. They're not just you and me. Whoever they are, wherever they are, they are a group of people, and they're millions. The father told Abraham, know of a surety. Let me just read this to you. This is how it all started, his conversation with Abraham. I want y'all, I'm telling y'all, we're going to start a little slow, but in a minute y'all are going to be very shocked. Trust me, I've done this so many times. I've probably, probably told this a good 300 times, and every time I've never talked this, and people were not amazed by it. They always say, man, I, I've never seen that. Appreciate it. Thank you. It helps me understand who we are as the people. It helps me understand why we go through what we go through. It even helps me understand why we are suffering as a people and how to get out of the suffering. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not about to tell you you curse. I'm not about to tell you, family and friends, you curse. I'm going to say those people that are disobedient, 
Well, I'm going to say this. I'm going to talk about the nation of Israel, how the nation is operating under curse. You know, the nation can operate under curse in every single, and that don't mean every single person inside of the nation is operating under that same curse. For instance, when Israel was in bondage and captivity, there was all kind of families being blessed in Israel. If you fear the Most High and do what he say and follow his commandments and, and, and live, have that relationship with him, folks, there ain't nothing nobody can, can do. No weapon formed against you is going to prosper. Every tongue that rises against you, you're going to condemn in judgment. The Bible just says nothing but good things coming your way. And you need to believe that and stand on that and claim that. That's just basic rights 101. Nobody can take that from you. But I'm talking about what will your nation go through? What will your people go through? I believe that African Americans are a nation within this nation. I do not believe that the United States and us is all one. And you shouldn't believe that either because your poor parents, if you're part of this family, I know for sure if your poor parents and their poor parents and their poor parents, none of them have seen peace and rest. None of my grandmother and grandfather, I'm sure, would not say that they are at peace. They feel welcome in the United States. This is their home. We say it. We say it all the time. It should be our home for sure because we we, we, we help build this place and with blood oftentimes, and it should be ours. But the truth of the matter is, it's not our home. That's the reality. A home is not a place that you got to fight for every darn thing. That is not a home. That's a war ground. That's a war field. That's just all there is to it. It's, we, yes, it should be our home and all of this, but it's not. The Most High promise that the true Israelites, verse 68. Now, we read 46. Let's skip to the very last verse to give you an example of what you're going to get. Verse, and by the way, let me back up because some of y'all are wondering why are you looking at the curses. He says, verse 16 through 68 is the curses. Why are you jumping to the curses? Why don't you mention the blessings, verse 1 through 15? The reason I'm talking about the curses, and I'm going to talk about more of the curses tonight, is no nation, no people on the face of the earth is living out Deuteronomy 28, verses 1 through 15. No nation. No nation is living out Deuteronomy 28, verses 1 through 15. Many people try to say America was, but one of the scriptures says you'd be a lender and not a borrower. America is nothing more but a country just floating on debt. So we definitely flunk that. It says you'd be a lender, not a borrower. You'd be head, not the tail. You'd be above and not beneath. Everything you do is going to prosper. No nation can claim that blessing. But when you look at Deuteronomy 16 through 68, uh, Deuteronomy uh, uh, 28, verses 16 through 68, and you look at those particular curses, you can see that um, Moses said these things are going to be upon Israel forever, the blessings of the curses, and they shall be upon thee for a sign and a wonder and until thy seed forever. And what does a sign do. A sign identifies the people. A sign, S-I-G-N, sign. And they shall be upon thee for a sign and a wonder. A sign and a wonder. They shall be upon thee. These blessings or curses will be upon you, Israel, for a sign 
and a wonder. What is a sign? Do a sign identify something? And a wonder causes people to wonder. It's very simple. So Moses is basically saying the blessings is going to be upon you for a sign and a wonder, or the curses is going to be upon you for a sign and a wonder. Let's look at the curses, and you're going to be able to see what I'm talking about here in a second. Okay? Now watch this, family. I want y'all to stay with me. You got to be alert. You, this is something you got to you got to give me your undivided on this. I'm telling you. Deuteronomy 28 verse 68 says that Israel will be placed as a nation in slave ships. I'm again. I'm gonna say it again. Deuteronomy 28 verse 68 talks about how the nation of Israel will be put into slave ships taken back to their land of captivity, called it their Egypt, and sold as slaves. So this nation, this Israelites, will be put in ships and taken into slavery. Stop right there. Ask yourself this question. The people that you call Jews right now, we're talking about the relevancy of the Bible. How is, it, is it relevant to us in 2012? Is it relevant to us in 2012? Does, what does it have to do with my bills, my baby, my, my, my man, my wife, my job, my... What does it have to do with my life? I'm trying to show you how it has everything to do with you in 2012. Watch this. Moses says that Israel will be brought back to Egypt in ships and sold as slaves. Back to Egypt. Egypt was just a place of captivity. Everybody thinks it's, not everybody, but some people think it's the Egypt we know today. It don't make any sense that you would take people from the land of Israel, put them in ships, and take them over to Egypt. The Egypt today, because they're landlocked. You don't need ships. You just walk over to Egypt from Israel. I've been there, folks, many times. It's dumb to put people in a, and millions of people in a ship and take them over to a land that you right next door to. It don't make no sense. I forget what, I know Miami is on the water. There's another city on the on water also. I don't know if it's Fort Lauderdale or one of them, but it'd be, it'd be like saying putting all the people from Miami, that the most high is going to ship the people from Miami to Fort Lauderdale on ships, and they all get in the ship and go right to the land right next door to it. That's how much sense it would make. No, my friend, Egypt is simply a place of captivity. So the true Israelites will be taken and sold as slaves in ships. Just write that down. Make a note of that. I'm going to, um, before I get done, my goal is to give you at least 50 of those similar characteristics. That's one, okay? Another one in verse in chapter 28, Moses talk about the young men, the young men, Israel, the nation. Just think of a giant nation now. Where we are a nation within a nation. African Americans are a nation within a nation. And just so you all know, I don't believe that all black people are Israelites, all black people are Jews. I believe that all Jews are black, but I don't think that every single black person on the planet is Jewish. That's not what I'm saying. Because I believe at one point the whole planet was people of color. Okay? I believe at one point the whole planet was people 
of color. They may not have been called black people, but they was darker-skinned people. And I think the enemies of Israel was dark-skinned people. The friends of Israel was dark-skinned people. Israel was dark-skinned people. All of them was dark people of color. I think all of these people of color have what we call today as albinos, or people with vitiligo. This is where you lose pigmentation. I know a lot of y'all have said to me over the years, Seth, I don't know if I believe that because albinos in Africa don't look nothing like white. They have the, the, the really different kind of hair, the more kinky hair. But I have said this back to some of y'all. If you would just go to India, a people that have already hair that's like white people, people that have already nose similar to white people, have lips similar to white people, and when they have albinos, what do you do with them? Because their hair is already in texture like white people. Now they have blonde hair, blue eyes, they're albinos, and they got the lips like whites, they got the nose like whites. I shouldn't say like whites because actually Indians and Ethiopians have had those small lips and narrow nose more longer, thousands of years before Europe even became a nation. So... It's not a European trait to have these features. But anyway, these albinos look, you won't be able to tell them any different from them and a white person because I've been to India, remember. I'm telling you, you can't tell the difference between them and a white person. As a matter of fact, I do a lot of teaching on this because I know we're just hitting this real, um, this is like little sound bites, and I hate to do these sound bites because People always misunderstand you, think you preach and hear something like that. And God knows my heart. I love all people. I love white people. And I don't just say that. I probably say it more than anybody on Blog Talk Radio. I love white people. I have no issues with whites, blacks, anybody. As a matter of fact, I don't even believe there's a such thing as white people or black people. I believe that we're all the same people. We just have different degree, different degrees of melanin, uh, different degrees of melanin. Some of us have some very little pigmentation. And these are the people I'm calling today albinos or people with vitiligo, okay? Either they're losing pigmentation or they're born without it, okay? But these are the origin of what so-called white skin, okay? So the vast majority of people were dark-skinned. They were not all Israelites. Israel was a very small portion of these people. Their enemies were dark-skinned people. Their friends were dark-skinned people. Their strangers that they didn't even know were dark-skinned people, Everybody back in the day, in the biblical times, were people of color, and I can prove that. And I was going to say to y'all, to those of y'all that want more information, that you like what you hear, you, you know it, you, you feel my heart right now. You know I'm not in hatred. You know I don't hate. You can feel it in my spirit. Go to blogtalkradio.com slash five underscore smooth underscore stones. That's five smooth stones. Go to it and look at the teaching on uh, the black biblical Jews, the black biblical Jews. I think it's called Proof of Black Biblical Jews. And I do like, I know I must do eight shows on this one topic, the black biblical Jews. I know I do at least eight shows on a topic very similar. Then we talk about something called leprosy, which is a type, one type, not, again, a type, one type of Bible leprosy is uh, albinoism and vitiligo. Very simple, very simple. I'll get into that. i go into that. Okay, I can't get into it now, folks. Can't get into it now, family and friends. 
But I'm telling y'all, you need to listen to some old shows. Go to blogtalkradio.com slash five underscore smooth underscore stones and read and look at all the different scriptures I give. And, I mean, we go through scripture after scripture after scripture. We read chapters together. So this is a lot of Bible. It's a lot of Bible. Again, no hatred here. This is a respect for all people, and the purpose of Five Smooth Stone is to unite everybody. So, family, what I'm doing tonight with this topic is I'm just kind of showing you all a little bit about what opened up a little something that we actually talk about in some of the other shows. But tonight, back to Israel, because some of you all think this book has nothing to do with us, and I'm telling you every single aspect, every single thing you do is Hebraic, meaning of are like the Hebrews. Now watch this. So Moses says that if you obey Israel, you're going to go through certain blessings. If you disobey, you're going to go through certain curses. And so we've talked about uh, uh, one of the curses. And I said I want to, my goal is to try to give you all at least something around 50 tonight. So I want to try to get your Bibles out. Like I said, turn to Deuteronomy 28. Hopefully you already have and you follow me. Deuteronomy 28 has 68 verses, okay? I also want to give you Leviticus 26. Leviticus 26 is the same kind of chapter. It's talking about what will happen to Israel if they disobey, what will happen to these Israelites, these real Jews, biologically speaking, real Jews. I'm not talking about Jew by religion. I'm talking about the real, true Jews, what will happen if they disobey Leviticus 26. Well, let's look at, flip back to Deuteronomy 28 for a second. Now, Deuteronomy 28 talks about a lot of things that's to happen to Israel, such as uh, the slave ships. Another thing it said, you, it said you uh, have a wife, you, you will betroth a wife, but another nation will come and lie with her. That's right. It says you shall betroth uh, a wife, but another nation will come and lie with her. Another nation will come and lie with her. In other words, Moses is talking. And in Deuteronomy 29, and I think 30 also, it says that he's not just talking to the Jews that are there, but he's talking about even those that are far off. And I'm trying to find that right now. I think that's Deuteronomy 29 and 1, where he talks about, uh, see, what it happens. I'm not using my Bible. I'm using the Internet. And it's a little slow, so probably should get my Bible. I can turn fast, and this page can load up. But Moses is talking to Israel. He says, I'm not just talking to you, Israel, but even the Jews or the Israelites that are not present. And that's where we come in at. That's where, uh, okay, here we go. Now listen to this. So this is not just talking to the ancient Jews. It's not just talking to Jews that uh, was back in the day. This is talking to the Jews of now and the future. My phone beeping. Let me make sure I got enough juice. Okay. So anyway, folks, let's see here. Twenty-nine and one. So if you ain't got your Bibles, again, turn to uh, Deuteronomy twenty-nine and one. I'm just gonna briefly go over to this. We're gonna back over to uh, verses. Um, back over to Deuteronomy twenty-eight. It says, uh, verse 29 and 1, These are the words of the covenant which the Lord commanded Moses to make with the children of Israel in the land of Moab, beside the covenant which he made with them in Horeb. So, again, these are the words of the covenant which the Lord made 
which the Lord commanded Moses to make with the children of Israel in the land of Moab, beside the covenant which he had made with them in Horeb. Now watch this. I want you to watch what I'm about to do here. Okay, 28 and 2. 28 and 2. Okay. Let's see. This one it says here. This, this book, man, this, I need to get my own Bible. Hold on. It won't take me a second. Just one second. Let me find this real quick. Okay, okay, man. All right, we'll do this. All right, Deuteronomy 29 and verse 2. Anyway, I'm going to find it for you in a second. But it's saying that he's not just talking to those that are there, but those are far off. But you don't need me to really find the scripture because Deuteronomy 28 and 46 says, and these blessings and curses are going to be upon you forever. Same thing. But I just like giving more scriptures. More scriptures I give you to validate anything I say, the better off it is. But I'm going to look at Deuteronomy 28, and I'll find that later on if I don't forget, Okay. Deuteronomy 28 is a must read. Folks, if you want to know who a real Jew is, ask this question. Who on the planet is going through these blessings or who on the planet is going through these curses? And whoever is living out these blessings and curses, they're the true Jews. It's that simple. You don't go by the Holocaust. The Holocaust is horrible as it was. We shouldn't wish it upon our enemies. It was a horrible thing. I'm not insensitive to the Holocaust at all. But the Holocaust ain't in the Bible. You just can't listen to somebody tell you they're Jews, tell you they're this, tell you they're that, and you got a Bible laying out to you. Moses is telling you exactly what will happen with the Israelites. John, the Israelites was mainly led by women. The families were led by women, a lot of them. That's why they had to have so many laws by widows. Y'all didn't know that. I know you didn't. I didn't know it had all these laws for these women without men because there was issues. This was a, 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 a gigantic community. This wasn't a little tiny community. Millions of people calling themselves the Jews or being uh, uh, the Jews with millions of people. They grew into a mighty, mighty nation, but they was vastly led. Houses was led by women. We think of Jewish, we think of the little sideburns and a little... A little uh, you know, the, the the so-called Jewish attire, but that has absolutely positively nothing to do with the Bible. Some of y'all young people, I love you. You're going to take me up on this. You're going to go verify this. You're going to check into it. Some of us old people, we're stuck in our ways. We won't hear nothing different. But some of y'all young people, you're going to hear what, what, what your cousin or uncle or father or whoever I am to you, you're going to go, our friend, and you're going to go look this up. Go look this up. Deuteronomy 28, Moses is telling Israel in verse 46 what they're going to go through. He says, if you obey, it's going to be these blessings. If you disobey, it's going to be these curses. So if you want to know who the ruler of Jews are, you look up the blessings and you see what nation on the planet is living out this. Now remember, Moses said, uh, uh, the father said, excuse me, the father said unto uh, the God of the Old Testament, said unto Abraham, Abraham, know the surety that I'm going to make you a mighty nation. He says that his, his seed is going to be blessed. But then they're going to go into captivity for 400 years. And then he was going to deliver them. But then they're going to go into 400 years again. He says they're going to go into captivity again in the fourth generation. I'm going to repeat that. 
Let me try to give y'all this verse, because I want to give y'all verse by verse by verse by verse. I don't want nobody saying, oh, Seth is on this, oh, no, no, website teaching crazy stuff. It's just crazy. You don't, I mean, whatever I say, you're going to be able to at least have a whole bunch of scriptures to back yourself up. Okay. Know of a surety. Now watch this. This is Genesis 15 and 13. Moses, I mean, the father is talking to Moses about what exactly he is going to go through, his, his children is going to go through. He talks about how he's going to bless him. Talking about Abraham, the father is talking to Abraham, okay? God of the Old Testament is talking to Abraham, and this is what it says in verse number 13, Genesis 15 and 13. And he said unto Abram, Know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in the land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them four hundred years. Watch this. And also that nation whom they shall serve will I judge. And afterwards, they shall come out with great substance. Verse 15. And thou shalt go unto thy fathers in peace, and thou shalt be buried in a good old age. Verse 16. But in the fourth generation, they shall come hither again, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet now, you see where it's like Amorites, Hittites, all these. These are just old names for new people. These people are still around today. All of these Bible names you see are still around today. They just Man has just renamed everything, but the Most High only acknowledged, according to Genesis 10, there's still only seven nations. So don't let, when you're doing your research, young people, don't let words like Amorites, Hittite, Moabites, none, none of these words throw you off. These are people that you're looking at every day in and out of Kroger's and wherever you go, Walmart. You look at these same people. Somewhere along the lines, you are one of those people, and you're looking at one of them people. So when you see that, that's the one caution I want you to not pay attention to and let them throw you off saying, but I'm irrelevant. No, you just got to know that we've changed the names. That's the first thing I want you all to watch out for is these names of these different various people because they don't go by these names. No more. You ain't going to see Negro nowhere in the Bible. You ain't going to see Mexican nowhere in the Bible. You ain't going to see Latino nowhere in the Bible. You ain't going to see France nowhere in the Bible. You ain't going to see Europe nowhere in the Bible. You ain't going to see Spain nowhere in the Bible. All these are brand-new names. These people were some of these very names we're looking at. So you got to look at the conditions. This is why we go with Deuteronomy 28 to identify who the real Israelites are because Moses says there's certain specific, unique things that's going to be up on Israel, and he says it's going to be up on it forever. One of the things is they're going to be put in slave ships, sold as slaves. If you don't get nothing else, you got that. But I promise you I'll give you about 49 more, and I don't know how many do this, but we're going to try our best. So let's move on. The next thing is... The scripture says you shall be trouble wife. You won't have a wife. You won't have a wife. As a nation, Moses up on the mountain talking to all the Israelites, and he's talking to some people estimate over a million people. And he is saying to them, 
you shall have a wife. He's not talking about one or two guys. He's talking about this nation. That you shall have a wife, but another nation is going to come lie with him. If another nation come lie with this nation of women, what is going on? Obviously, they must be in some type of captivity, and that's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened in slavery. Most black people that I know is not the color they was. They are because of what happened in slavery. Most black people I know is not the original color they are because of what happened in slavery. So let's go finish, go to some quickly to some other, other scriptures, all right? So, again, the blessings is 1 through 15. Y'all can read those on your own time. There's some homework I'll give you if I have the authority to give you homework. You look at those blessings, you'll see nobody's going to those blessings. Quickly, you're going to say, wow, nobody's going to this. No nation, no people is going to this. And it's going to push you to 16 through 68. Verse 16 through 68, it starts out with, Cursed shall thou be in the city, cursed shall thou be in the field. Now, I know we live in a day and time where nobody want to be cursed. But, again, this is not talking about your household. This is talking about your nation. What is your nation going through? You can't say your nation is blessed where African Americans are living. Okay, now, just check this out, all right? I want y'all to just hear me out. Entertain. Some of y'all think what I'm saying is foolishness. Just entertain it. At least I'm, I'm in the scriptures, I'm trying, I'm swinging. You should give me the respect at least to hear me out before you throw out my baby with the bathwater. Just just hear a person out, especially if they're going through the scripture. And they just saying stuff out of the top of their head, not using those scriptures, and I can see you saying, I don't want to listen. But if somebody is going through the scriptures and they're really trying, try to see where they're coming from. I'm telling you. I don't, I don't, I don't spoke with many rabbis. Not many, but a few rabbis in Israel and many preachers, many preachers, many celebrities, people that a lot of folks know. I can call out names that y'all would know. Nobody had no answer. They don't have no answer for this. I'm telling you what I know. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing it. I wouldn't waste my life talking about something in 24 countries that nobody else believes in but me. This is not something that I made up. This is something that the, a lot of part of the world believes, just not in the United States. We've been lied to, folks. You're going to see that shortly. But it goes on to say all these things that's going to happen to this nation. They're going to be cursed. And remember, Israel is supposed to go through this for 400 years. You've got to look at people for 400 years' time frames. Look at people for 400 years. You just can't look at people and say, well, we ain't never had no horse, no buggy, because it's going to talk about your, your one of the scriptures says your ox should be violently taken away from you, your ox, O-X, your ox. Well, an ox, actually, our grandmothers went through this. They had oxes and asses, and uh, they had horses, and if they didn't, they their, their parents had horses. That was the way they got everything done. It's through asses, and and I'm talking about animals. It's through uh, horses. So when it says your ox shall be violently taken away, it meant whatever your business was. That scripture literally means your business should be taken away from you violently, and there will be no might in thy hand. Well, who went through that? So I mentioned that. That's a verse in Deuteronomy 28. Says your ox shall be violently taken away from you, and there will be no mighty in your hand. Now, the ox, because I want some of y'all, I said I was going to give y'all about 50, and I think I've given you about five, so let's go through what I've given you so we'll um, Verse 31 says, and I'm jumping around, 
Thine ox shall be slain before thine eyes, and thou shalt not eat thereof. Thine ass shall be violently taken away from thy face, and shall not be restored to thee. Thy sheep shall be given to thine enemies, and thou shalt have no one to rescue them. All these things happen to our people in slavery that have that form of their rural life. We don't have a rural life now because we're all city-fied, but some of our people are still going through this if they have those type of things. But you got to look at us as a people, not just you and your little family in the last 10, 20 years. you got to look at what we have went through as a people. This scripture is exactly right. Verse 30 right above it says, Thou shalt uh, betroth a wife, a betrothal wife, and another man shall lie with her. Thou shalt build a house. Thou shalt build a house, and thou shalt not dwell therein. Who went through this? Our people went through this. You're not just connected with you, your family, your foe, and no more. You're connected with the people. We are not connected with America. We live in America. We were brought here by force, but just because somebody brings you somewhere by force and teach you the language and teach you the culture, don't make that your home according to the way the most high look at it. The Most High said he will scatter his people, Israel, whoever they are. Let's just go there because y'all don't know what I'm saying yet. He said he will scatter Israel throughout the four corners of the earth. As a matter of fact, we're going to read that here in a little bit, okay? But let me just kind of go through this. Okay, so I just read to you uh, another, uh, your wife should be taken violently, you'll be a house. You should build a house, but you won't dwell in them. How many times slaves back in the day built houses, but they didn't enjoy them? That's like number five I've given you. Thou shalt plant a vineyard, but you should not gather grapes thereof. Remember, we would gather grapes for our slaves' mouths, but we didn't carry them in. They, we, we, we worked for them. We got the leftovers. That's like number six, okay? Um, and I'm jumping around for a reason because some of these scriptures are clearer than others. Crystal clear is the slave ship scripture. I mean, that's clear, okay? But if I say, thou shalt be cursing the city and cursing the field, that's pretty clear. That's number seven. Thou shalt be, uh, cursed shall be the basket in thy store. That's kind of clear. But some of y'all probably say, well, I don't know if we had a store. I never had a store. Some, see, some of y'all can't see us as a people. you got to look at black people or so-called African-Americans because, remember, it's not all black people. Some black folks was our enemies. Some of them were our friends. Some of them were our neighbors. Not all black Israel, just the people that live out these scriptures. Okay? So, Kershaw, I'm trying to read all of this real quick. Kershaw, thou be when thou cometh in. Kershaw, thou be when thou go without. This is us as a nation, not your household necessarily. The Lord shall send upon thee curses, vexation, and rebuke, and all that thou setteth thine hand to do, until thou be destroyed. And we truly, as the people, have been destroyed. We have nothing of our own and very little for the 40 millions of people that live in the United States. We have the ability to make other people rich, wealthy, but we cannot seem to do it for ourselves. I'm going to hopefully I get the time to read to you and to give you to where you will see with your own eyes that the most I said that Israel would not be able to rise. This nation that I'm talking about, that is the true Jews, the true Israelites, the true people of the book, the 12 tribes of Israel. He said that they would not be able to rise. Amos, the book of Amos, verse 3 and 2. The book of Amos, verse 3 and 2 says, Of all the nations of the earth, you have I known. Therefore, you will be punished for all your transgressions. 
of all the nations of the earth you have unknown. Therefore, you be punished for all your transgressions. Now, let me just stop real quick in the middle of going through these curses and just say this. The whole purpose of this teaching is to show how relevant the Bible is. I want to, I'm going to eventually start hitting on different things we go through every day, life, struggles, as a people. Again, get your mind off your own family, your, you, your foe, and no more. I'm talking about 40 million people in the United States, and I'm, on, and, uh, I'm, t- I'm talking about what we go through as a people. If I can show what I plan on showing tonight, I promise you it will make you look at the most high in a completely different way. You know, it's like when you was little. If you got a whipping and you know why and what you did wrong, the whipping wasn't that bad. It was an act of love even though it hurt like I don't know what. But if you got a whipping and you didn't do anything, and I know some of y'all might have gotten those whipping, you should really remember that. It almost makes you hold bitterness against the, your mother or your father because you got chastised without a reason. Well, a friend of mine, Isaiah Thomas, said something to me one time. He said, black people hold bitterness against the most high. And I said, I don't know if I agree with that. I said, black people are spiritual people. We're mostly giving people on the planet. We we forgive people. I mean, we went after, we went back and forth, back and forth. And he had another friend there, and she agreed, yes, that's true. Black people hold bitterness against God. I said, where y'all getting this from? And she started talking about the different ways we behave in church and the way we live our lives and carry our lives and just not knowing why we go through the things we go through and just you're not understanding all of the reasons of slavery and all this. You can't help but to hold this bitterness against the Most High. And I got to thinking, wow, wow. I mean, this is later on. I said, wow, and I began to understand something. It's almost impossible for us to really have a good relationship. We can... We know not to say certain things about God. We know we, we fear we fear Him. We scared of Him, and it's a good fear. It's not the torment fear. Shouldn't be anyway. But the truth of the matter is, Bible studies like this tonight help you understand why we're going through what we're going through as a people. If I'm if I'm correct in what I'm trying to say to you, you will see that the reason African Americans suffer the way they suffer is because. They are the people of the book. That is more relevant than anything anybody can say to you the rest of your life. If I can show you that you, listener, family member, and friend, are a direct biological DNA descendant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and that this is why you was brought to the Americas, and that this is why you can't seem to come together with your fellow countrymen, your fellow Israelites, brothers and sisters all across the United States, and that this is why, you know, we are going through what we're going through as a people because we have forsaken our first love, the Father. And I begin to start showing you in scriptures every single thing you go through as a people, and I do mean every single thing. Many of y'all know that I moved down here from Cincinnati. And if any of my Cincinnati friends are listening, I wish y'all would kind of chime in, send an email or comment on the show, on the, on the website, letting people know that I'm not making this up. But I, for, for 10 years, I was talking to a friend of mine that run WCVG. And she and I used to get into it every week about this topic. So I would call in and Different things that be going on in the city. Black men shot unarmed. You know, we participate in marches. I've been over seven 
70 marches uh, fighting for our people up there in Cincinnati. And one of the things I will say over and over and over is we're Israelites. We're Israelites. We're going through what we're going through because we're disobedient as a people. And we will never be able to rise to this nation, turn to the most high. Now, the good news about this whole cursing the nation part. Now, I already laid out that if we as individuals serve the most high in our home, that we can be blessed in our homes, even though our nation was Let me give you an example of, of somebody that said the same thing. Remember Christ wept? Remember in the Bible, Christ wept? Now, here Christ was at Lazarus' tomb. He was getting ready to raise Lazarus from the dead. There was no reason for Christ to cry or to weep. But the Bible said that Christ wept. Well, the reason Christ wept was because he was mourning for his people. He was mourning for his people, his family, his bloodline. They was full of doubt, and they didn't have the kind of power he had. But he knew he was fixing to raise his boy from the dead, and he showed enough deed. He called his name, and he they took off the grave clothes, and Lazarus became in Lazarus all over again. Now, Let's talk about you. If you are obedient, you follow the most high, you live according to the statutes and what you know, live by the, the spirit, of the, whatever the spirit show you, you follow the spirit in, the, in pleasing the Father. Now, you will live that victorious life. You have the fruit of the spirit, the love, the joy, the peace, all the things that we talk about. But your nation, on the other hand, can experience every one of these curses I'm talking about, and that is exactly what they so you too can be like Christ, and you will mourn, mourn, because even though you and your family got it good, you're mourning for your nation. So please don't think this this topic tonight. Tell everybody you curse, curse, curse. I'm not saying it. I'm talking about the nation. We are a nation, and in the nation, you can't acknowledge what they did with the Constitution. On the Most High, don't acknowledge all that. We are a nation within a nation. The Most High said He would scatter Israel out the four corners. And he talks about how in the end of time he's going to bring back a remnant, a remnant, a portion of his people out of these nations where he has driven them. Well, if they went into that nation and they all became a part of that nation like some of y'all think we are, why would he be trying to call them out of that nation? If he driven them into those nations, he should say, well, now y'all are there and y'all part of the nation, y'all pay taxes, y'all all... So I ain't going to bring y'all out because y'all know more Israel. Y'all part of that nation. The most high, I don't call them a part of that nation. So just because you have been driven to different nation, Israel, don't mean you're part of this nation. So what I'm trying to do tonight, and I may not be able to accomplish it all tonight because I'm having to lay so many foundations here, but what I'm trying to show you, and I'm going to share enough scriptures to where to get you thinking, I'll tell you that much. And I have given you the source where to go and get more. Again, go to fivesmoothstones.com. Excuse me, go to uh, blogtalkradio.com slash five underscore smooth underscore stones. And just simply move down and look at some of the lessons we taught on proof of black biblical Jews, proof of black biblical Jews, and also the teaching on leprosy talks about a type of leprosy, one type of leprosy, a type of leprosy, one type of leprosy being vitiligo and albinoism, the origin of white skin. And you'll be able to see how all people come from people of color. 
it's not to divide people. It's not a hatred message. Actually, I can't preach hatred because I believe that white people are black people. Black people are white people. We're the same. We just have different degrees of pigmentation. So I never can be accused of hatred because I believe we're all the same. Some of y'all preach white, black. That's more divisive than what I'm talking about. Okay? We're just different degrees of color. No such thing as a race based upon color. Most high nowhere in the scriptures acknowledge the people based upon color. There was Amorites, Moabites, different ites. There were seven nations in the book of Genesis. And I only want to try to quote them because I may get them wrong, but I know there were seven nations. Those are the only nations. They're still around today. They've changed their names. Men have changed their names, but the most I know who they are, they're only seven nations. There's not 200 nations like they say at the, United, at the UN, okay? All right, moving right along. I'm going to go a little fast because time is kind of a bit, bit us in the, you know what? So I'm just going to name some of these curses. And what I want you to do is I've named things that you have a hard time believing is in the Bible. Write it down and then go to Google and just type in exactly what I say and type KJV beside it, King James Version, and you will be able to locate the scripture and see for yourself, okay? Because a lot of this, I, I mean, um, I, most of this is going to be in Deuteronomy 28 and Leviticus 26. So you can go ahead and start. The start go ahead and start there. Go ahead and start there, okay? Again, we're proving the relevance of scriptures in our life. How relevant can it be if this whole book was wrote about us from start to finish of our lives? Okay, so I talked about how that uh, women, uh, we shall betroth a wife, but another nation will come and lie with her. Uh, I want to talk about some other things. Um, Bob says, curse will not come at, uh, verse 19, curse shall not be when thou cometh in, curse shall not be when thou goeth out. Uh, we should be somewhere around 13 now, 13 different characteristics about us that uh, relates to us now. I said, let's give you about 50. The Lord shall send upon thee cursing, vexations, rebuke. I already read that. Uh, rebuke, and all that thou said about hand to do. Don't look like sometimes everything we set our hand to do as a people. I'm talking about don't look at us in 2012. Look at us in our sojourn here in the United States. Think about us as a people and, and read the scriptures based upon that. Don't look at the little artificial mess we got now. We don't have mules and oxes and donkeys and asses now. We don't have all that. But think about our people and where we are today. Look at us as a group of people and listen to these scriptures and see if they fit or not. Okay. Uh, and it goes on to say, verse 20, The Lord shall smite thee with a consumption, with a fever, and with an inflammation, and with an extreme burning, and with a sword, that's death, and with blasting, and with mildew, and, and they shall pursue thee until thou perish. Again, this is what our people went through. It's impossible to all the different diseases we had that they that our, that our oppressors didn't have. A lot of our people died off in the middle pastures, all kind of things we died from. So just don't, you know, a lot of, I know a lot of that, a lot of those words we're not used to, but, again, think of any people on the planet that have went through these particular things. Now, some of the things you may not understand, just kind of put it on hold for now. We're not ignoring not one scripture. We're going to look at every single one of these scriptures. And I'm, and, and if, if it's some like where it talks about extreme burning, well, what is that? I don't know. Having researched, but I already know if we if we wear the slipper like Cinderella on all these other scriptures, I'm not going to let that one thing turn me off. 
because I know what it is. I just need to do research. If I do research and I guarantee I come back and tell you something relating to us, every one of these pictures relate to us. Now, somebody might argue this. I've had somebody to try to do this over the years. Everybody went through something. Everybody, you know, have been enslaved. Or I've heard all kinds of stuff. But, again, nobody, no people on the planet is going to go through every one of these unique, specific, detailed cursings in Deuteronomy 28. That's impossible. I submit to you that African Americans have went through every single one. And then in Isaiah, I always leave this one scripture for last. It talks about young men. Uh, tips to get into it now, but talks. I'm going to show you where it talks about our young men standing on street corners. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to show you of a scripture that talks about Isaiah is talking about how our young men basically have lost hope standing on corners. He says that Israel back in the day, remember whatever Israel went through ancient times, Moses said in Deuteronomy 28 verse 46, they're going to repeat. So when you're doing your research, young person, remember the foundational scripture I gave you first. Moses said that these things are going to repeat, and they shall be upon thee for a sign and the one in the bond I see forever. As long as Israel is disobedient, they're going to go through the same curses. As long as Israel is obedient, they're going to go through the same blessing. They're going to be head, not the tail, above, beneath. Everything they do is going to prosper if they're obedient. If they're disobedient, all of these curses we're reading right now, they will have went through in ancient times, in biblical times, now, 2012, 2013, 2014, as long as they're disobedient. When they're, dis- when they're obedient, and the Second Chronicles lays it out very clearly what happens when they're obedient. Second Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then when I, uh, I'm going to read it again because I don't want to go too fast. Second Chronicles, I'm going to go ahead and make a note of this, 7.14. If my people, which are called my name, will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and will hear their land. That's talking to Israel. That is not talking to everybody. Everybody want to claim that scripture. That scripture is talking to the lost tribes of Israel, the 12 tribes of Israel. Those are the only people that's my people. No other part, like Amos 3 and 2 says, of all the nations of the earth, you have I known. Therefore, I will punish you for all your transgressions. He don't say that about every other nation. He's going to punish them for all their transgressions. Only Israel. Why? Because he opened the Red Sea for these people. He rained down manna, miracles after miracles after miracles. He showed himself to these people. That's why Israel has it so hard. The Israelites, as a rule, the Jews, the real Jews, the real Jews, biological DNA Jews, will actually have it better than any other people on the planet if they obey. If they disobey, they're going to have it worse than any other people on the planet. It's just that simple. It's just that simple. Okay, and and I want to lay one more foundation thing down. I know I'm laying a whole lot of foundation of scripture down, but I gotta. If this stuff don't make sense after I hang up, because I've given you already 68 scriptures to go and research on your own. I gave you Le- Leviticus 26. I think that's another 50 scriptures or so, 
and I'm going to give you more. I'm going to give you chapters because this is not some little verse here and there. This is books. This is what the whole Bible is talking about, really. The Most High and his people, what they went through if they was obedient, what they went through if they disobedient. If you understand Deuteronomy 28, you pretty much kind of got to handle the whole Bible in a way because Israel is living out these curses throughout the books of Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentation, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Michael, Nahum, Haraka, Zaphon, all of them is just, they are living out these very curses that Moses said would happen to them. He just put them all in one chapter in Deuteronomy 28. And he's saying, this is what you go through. This is what you're going to go through. And then in Isaiah, Isaiah the prophet, a major prophet, expound on how Israel men is going through this. Like I said, he talks about the young man standing on the streets in Isaiah 51. And so let me get that for you real quick. I don't want I hate because since I didn't get as many scriptures as I like, I want to at least get that out of the way because y'all can always read Romans 28, but I, I still want to go through them because some of y'all probably still, you can read it while I'm, why don't you read it while I'm looking at this? Because uh, this is going to take what effect. Okay, here we go. Told you, we're going to take a second. Isaiah 5120. Y'all not going to believe the scriptures in the Bible, so you better turn here. Put your finger there and turn to Isaiah 5120. Isaiah 5120. Please put your finger there and turn to Isaiah 51 and 20. Okay? Y'all not going to believe this is in the Bible. Give me y'all a minute to get there. Harry, 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 Harry. Isaiah 51. And 20. Now, this is your Bible. Make sure you look at the front of your book before you read this because you're not going to believe what you're about to see. This is an ancient scripture. This is the ancient, this is a thousands and thousands of year old scripture. It says, Thy sons, Isaiah is talking about the state of these millions of people. Isaiah is talking about millions of people. He's talking about the state of their young men. New York City has about 7 million people. It will be like Isaiah giving the state of the young men of New York. Or if there's a smaller city that have maybe 2 or 3 million, it would be like he would be giving the state of the young men of that city. Except, let's just use Dallas. Dallas only has, like, I think, 2 million. Okay, 2 million people live in Dallas, roughly. Back in the day, that was enough to be a nation. That was the nation of Israel. Imagine a prophet speaking on the state of Israel that's the size of Dallas, Texas. And that prophet said this. I'm going to read verbatim King James Version Bible. Thy sons have fainted. They lie at the head of all the streets as a wild bull in a net. They are full of the fury, which means anger, anger, they are full of the fury, which means anger, 
of the Lord. Now, that throws everybody off when I say the Lord because these young men are angry, but we don't want to say it's the Lord. Watch this, though. This is going to blow you away. The rebuke of thy God. Let's start this verse over. Thy sons have fainted. They lie at the head of all the streets as a wild bull in a net. They are full of the anger of the Lord, the rebuke of thy God. Let's break this down. Thy sons, Israel, your sons, thousands and thousands of young men have fainted. Remember, this is when Israel was in captivity. So Isaiah is speaking, in a, Israel is in a state of captivity. Thy sons have fainted. They lie at the head of all the streets. What's the head of a street? How does a street head? Nobody has never got this wrong since I've been asking. It's not asked. It's all everywhere I've been across the world. What is the head of a street? Everybody said corner. Thy sons have fainted. Now, wait a minute. If you fainted, how can you be a wild bull in the net? A bull is the, one of the strongest, if not the strongest, animal there is. How can you be a bull and a wild bull if you fainted. Does that make sense? So it can't mean fainted like we think, you know, laying out somewhere. It just means they're fainted in their minds. They lie at the head of all the streets as a wild bull in a net. What is this net that's catching them? They're in captivity. They're fanning their minds. They, and they, this is how I know they're hanging on the streets because it says they lie at the head of all the streets. If you're lying somewhere, you're not moving very much. You're not, you're not leaving that area too much. You're lying. It's like lying around. This is what the New American Standard Version Bible says. I don't even like reading other translations. I believe the Spirit should reveal things to you. But listen to this. This is interesting. Your sons have fainted. New American Standard Version Bible. Your sons have fainted. They lie helpless at the head of every street. Like an antelope in the net. Full of the wrath of the Lord. The rebuke of thy God. Ain't that something? It's a little different. Saying the same thing. The head of a street is a corner. Here's God's word translation. God's word translation. Here's a translation called God's word. Your children have fainted. They lie sleeping at the at every street corner. At least they say corner. They are like an antelope caught in a net. That's why I don't believe to agree with their sleeping. They experience the anger of the Lord, the fury of your God. They not only experience, they're full of it. You see what I mean? This is talking about young people at the corners 
and they once that once translation say they're sleeping, they're at that corner, they're not moving. They're like these strong animals caught in the net. What is the net? It's the system full of the anger of the Most High. I can't make that scripture more plain to you. I can go on to Isaiah 1 and talk about how that, and you know, I mentioned Deuteronomy 28, but time is about to eat me alive, so I'm going to jump around here and give you some other scriptures. Check out Isaiah, the whole book. Check out Jeremiah, the whole book. I'm not I'm not exaggerating trying to get out of stuff. I'm telling you, the whole book. I mean, I, can't, I wish I could give you a verse, but it's the whole book. The whole book is talking, when you read from now in the Bible, talking about Israel, the nation of Israel, in your mind, just try this key that I've shared with you tonight. Slide this key in and turn it and just see if it works. Just try to look at family and friends of the family listening tonight. Whenever you hear, entertain my foolishness just for a minute since I'm least I'm in the Word and I'm trying to share this from the Word. Give me the respect of simply going in prayer, first of all, and asking the Most High, what does he have to, what does he think about this? Is it true? Is it true? Now, I had one lady to tell me, okay, Seth, you've been talking about this for a while. I, I can kind of see what you're saying, but, but so what? What if we are Israelites? What does that matter? What does it have to do with my children, my husband, my bills. What if you what if you're right that the Israelites in the Bible were is a book full of vast people of color? So what? And I'll said to her, Well, that would explain why we were brought to the Americas in slave ships. That will explain why we are as a people not able to come together because Most High said you will not be able to come together. He will make sure that this nation will not rise until they turn to him. Only Israel, not other nations. People say, well, why come all these other nations come over to the United States and they're able to prosper except us? Well, there it says right there, it talks about other nations will not be able to rise. Read Deuteronomy 28, the whole chapter. Read Isaiah, what I just read. Remember, whatever Israel goes through, if you read something, you say, yeah, I see where Israel went through this ancient Israel, but I don't see how we remember. Moses said in Deuteronomy 28, verse 46, that they, speaking of the blessings or the curses, will be upon Israel forever. So they're not just going to go through them in ancient times. It's going to constantly repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat. Somebody say, Let's go back to what the lady said. You know, what does that do with my salvation? Well, for one, it shows the Most High is not a tyrant. He's not a racist. Because if you're just born, come down here from Mars, so to speak, and you don't know anything, and you just look at the state of African Americans, the state of white people, the state of all these other people, it looks like something is wrong with African Americans. And I think this is what causes a birth racist, what births some nations to look at us and become racist towards us. Because it does look like there's something wrong with us. But if you need this key, when you try this key and turn it and you begin to explain to them, well, maybe we're Israel. Maybe one of those lost tribes. Because the Most High said that they'd be brought to a strange land, sold as slaves, and, you know, they wouldn't enjoy their labor. They would build houses for others and they wouldn't lay, they'd gather the grapes and wouldn't eat the grapes. That's what our foreparents went through says you shall have a wife, but another nation will lie with her. That's why we're not the same color as Africans to this very day, because we've mixed so much with the people that ruled over us. 
okay? And he goes on to say, I will separate, I was going to scatter you to all four corners of the earth. Ask yourself this question, family and friends. If the true people of the book were scattered to the four corners, even if they were white, like some of y'all think they are, the earth is 92% non-white. If the Most High scattered these white people to an earth that's 92% white, and they've been there thousands of years, what color would they come out of? This is not about Christ being black. Don't play me short. Don't play me insignificant. Don't trivialize this powerful revelation into our skin color. This is thousand times deeper than that. But if the Most High scattered his people through these four corners and they mix with these people of color, what color should the people of Israel be? 92% non-white. But you go over there today, and I've been many times, y'all know that, got pictures all on YouTube proving it. Those people who they call Jews, who are mainly in Jerusalem, are not 92% non-white. They are almost 100, they are 100% white. Now, they acknowledge the Ethiopian Jews, but that's it. They don't acknowledge the brothers and sisters in Demona from America that call themselves the true Israelites that I go visit. There are those times I went. That's who Whitney and Bobby went to see and a lot of other celebrities, which I won't get into that. But I'm just saying, the people in Israel today, much love and respect for them. Please only be loving and respectful to them. Uh, I, my heart goes out to the Holocaust and uh, the victims of the Holocaust, but the Holocaust is nowhere in these 66 books. And we can't let somebody's pain and tragedy change the Bible, getting all emotional and, and turning off our brains. Yes, it was a horrible thing what Hitler did, but Hitler does not define what a Jew do. Just because he says somebody's a Jew, he do something crazy, and it just terrorized the whole world, that don't mean he defines what a Jew is. The Bible says that Israel would go through these certain unique, specific characteristics, detailed things. And when you look at all of these characteristics, African Americans wear every single one every single one I got a whole list and God knows I'm looking at a list and I got I got listed one through 100 100 characteristics I'm looking at actually one two three four about I haven't completed about about 15 of them I've been filling in but I feel in I say I filled in about 80 84 characteristics I have of Israel. I got 84 things that the Bible said Israel will go through that we go through. And I've been laying a foundation before our ladies on you. But I'm going to kind of go through some of them. And I want you all to remember, if you don't get a chance to write it down because I'm going too fast, just write down some of it and type in the word KJV besides it in Google, and you'll be able to pull it up. I'm going to have to show up the up after I go through some of these. One scripture talks about, and some of these is in Deuteronomy, some of them is in Leviticus 26. There are 
they're just all over the Bible. I'll tell you this: Deuteronomy twenty-eight will get enough. You have enough proof to to prove the point to anybody just by standing Deuteronomy twenty-eight and Leviticus twenty-two. Those chapters have more than any other chapter in the whole Bible, I believe. Okay, so it says your good men will leave. Did you know in Deuteronomy twenty-eight it talks about your good men will leave their children? This is talking about the Jews, the real biblical Israelites, that their good men, because of the siege, S-I-E-G-E, which means war, will leave their children and not take care of them. It used the term, they will eat their children, and it don't mean eat as in chew up their leg. It don't mean that. It just means take from them. Because there's one scripture, and money, a lot of y'all know the description of Psalms, where it says, when my enemy came to eat of my flesh, they stumbled and fell. It wasn't talking about the enemy was coming to chew on a leg. It means the enemy came to take from them what wasn't theirs. They stumbled and fell. So the word eat, you got to be very careful. It don't mean chew up. But it talks about these men and women eating their children for lack of all things, okay? But the men, things are going to get so hard, this siege, this battle, that these men would eat their children or take from their children, and so would the women. Uh, one scripture says, I think in Isaiah, I think I've got this down, Isaiah 20, and then look like verse 4, talks about how that uh, the Most High would sell his people naked and bare feet. He had a prophet to go around uh, 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 dress a certain way to represent how Israel would be so naked and bare feet. Actually, it was the uh, it was a punishment that was to be upon the people that ruled over Israel. Listen to me close. I'm going a little fast, and I want to get this wrong. The Most High had the God of the Old Testament had this prophet to go around dress a certain way to symbolize how that he would make this nation that oppressed Israel be naked and bare feet because that's the way they did Israel. Had them so naked and bare feet. Remember Israel's to repeat, repeat, repeat. Who was so naked and bare feet? Don't have nothing to do with the, the, the land of Israel. Y'all know them people ain't never, ever been somewhere naked and bare feet, sold like slaves. Never. Uh, scripture said you want to enjoy your labor. We read that earlier. Isaiah, uh, I think the first chapter there talks about it being so rough. Isaiah, Isaiah 2, I believe. I'm looking at this real quick. I think it talks about how it gets so rough to Israel that the true Israelites, that they would be sold. Hold on. Seven, hold on, I want to see the wrong thing while I'm trying to type here. Let's just find it. Okay, here we go. Isaiah, if you have in your Bibles, quickly, 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 turn to Isaiah 2. Isaiah 2. This is a trip. This is talking about the state of Israel. When it gets so bad, how it would be for them. Again, I'm, I'm going to give you a minute to turn to Isaiah 2. Let me just see here. Y'all bear with me. I don't want to spend too much time, but it talks about seven women to one man. 
that was the availability of men and women after they've been just destroyed. It talks about seven women to one man. Uh, it's Isaiah 4, I'm sorry. Isaiah 4. Isaiah 4, I'm telling you, everything I, everything I say, I have scripture back and forth. Now, Israel had been oppressed. They had went through the curses. And then at one point it says here, and um, again, Isaiah 4 and 1, and in that day seven women shall take hold of one man. Why is seven women taking hold of one man? Because that is the availability. Seven women taking hold of one man. That is what's available. Now listen what they will say. This is crazy. This is crazy. For those of y'all think that the people over in Israel, they ain't went through none of this right here. Listen to this. None of this. Ain't never been a scarcity of women, a scarcity of men among those people like this. And in that day, seven women shall take hold of one man, saying, we will eat our own bread and wear our own apparel. Only let us be called by thy name to take away our reproach. Break that down. Speed that up to 2012. A lot of women, there is not men available. And they, the stats came out some time back. It's been a while since I heard it, but it was, y'all remember, I know y'all have to remember this. Go a while back when I think it was NAACP, one of them black organizations said that the availability was seven men, seven women, to one man, and then it, it weird they use the very same number. I know y'all remember that because it was it was said often, joked about, jokes about it. Seven women to one man, and that is where we are today. And if you move up and look at verse three, you're really gonna see a shocker because it talks about. I'm telling you, when you read the Bible from now on, family and friends, think about what I'm saying. Pray about it first of all, and say, Father, is there anything in this for me? Because I'm telling you, there is something. But read uh, uh, Isaiah 3 where it talks about how the women act, stretching their neck, a haughty, a haughty kind of women. This going to blow you away. You want to really see something. Read Isaiah. <laughs> read, read, uh, somebody called me the other day saying, man, I've never seen this in the Bible. And speaking of that, there is a scripture that talks about in Isaiah, I think it's Isaiah 3. It talks about how these women will experience baldness. Baldness, and, and, and I know our women are not bald, of course they're not, but they experience more baldness, more problems with their hair growth than other women. I know that sounds crazy. I don't know what I know. It sounds crazy. Don't tell me. I already know it sounds crazy. But the Bible is going to address every single aspect of you. Now, I told you the study tonight is going to show you all the relevancy of scriptures in our life. Now, I'm telling you, when you read these scriptures, you're going to see there's nobody else nowhere close living out these scriptures by African-American. And most of his family is African-American. So those of y'all that's not African-Americans, okay, learn from us. Learn from the history of Israel, just like you was learning from other Israel, who you thought it was prior to tonight. You learn from them. Okay, learn from the true Israelites. 
This is not nothing to play with. This ain't not some brother Seth just created or Seth created just the star division. Or this is some serious stuff. I've asked these questions. You know, who are we as a people? Why do we go through what we go through? Why was slavery? Why are all the people in those cotton fields praying to this guy? Why did he stop slavery? Why did he have to go on so long? And I did what I'm asking you to do. I asked the Most High about it. I'm telling you. We are Israel. We are Israel. We are Israel. We're one of the lost tribes. I'm not saying everybody's black is Israel. That's impossible. Israel was just a tiny people. There was millions and millions and millions of people. They were just one little tiny people. Come from Abraham. Then Isaac, then Jacob, then the 12 tribes. And the most I said, because I did all these things for you, you're going to have it harder than the other people on the planet. If you obey, you're going to have it better than the other people on the planet. Israel's supposed to be at the very, very top or the very, very bottom. Now, the good news about the cursing is he said, if my people would just call, call my name, we'll humble themselves prayer. I said that to you earlier. But he also said, when the heathens start to boast and say, look at what we did to them. When the persons that rule over us begin to start boasting, saying, look at what we did to them. Look at what we did to them. Ha, ha, ha. And they don't acknowledge that the Most High did this to us, that he would get jealous for his people and remember his covenant he made with Abraham that he was going to make up us a mighty nation and get tired of our state and he was just going to resurrect us just because of Abraham. Because we will always be a disobedient people. We always was, we always will be. So Second Chronicles 7, 14, we'll never fulfill that scripture as a nation. We are a stiff-necked, disobedient nation. But the Most High said he would have mercy upon us because the people that rule over us will begin to start boasting and thinking they got it, they got it, they got it, ha, ha, ha. They're under our thumb. We control them. Where is their God? Like Psalms talk about over and over and over and over again. Psalms is another one. Read the Psalms again now that I've shared this with you and start putting us in the state of Israel when you hear, you know, many are they that, you know, all those songs, all, all the songs that's wrote from Psalms like, Many of they that uh, rise up against me. Uh, just I can't even think my mind is going so much. Some of the scriptures, but Psalms ninety-one. Anything, any Psalms, you start listening to them. Listen to them. These people in that book was people of color. They weren't black. Don't start thinking they was black. This is a new concept. They were not black. No, they weren't black. They weren't because black comes with a whole bunch of different mindsets. These people was a very free thinking people. We would they would probably we probably wouldn't like them because they was not they was different than African Americans. They didn't have the the self hatred. They knew they was Israel. They knew they was the king cream de la cream of the planet. But they was a haughty people and a disobedient people. These were our foreparents. 
we are the product of slavery and the self-hate and the, the reconditioning and the programming, the brainwashing of white supremacy over and over and over and over again. Somebody has a question or comment. They may not be family, I don't think, but they still have a question or comment. I'm going to respect them and go ahead and let them ask the question on the show. Eric code 313-427, go ahead with your question or your comment. Yes, brother, can you hear me? I can hear you. Hey, how you doing tonight? This is Brother Rich from Detroit. Okay, how you doing, my brother? Oh, can't complain. Um, I was calling to, um, I got one comment and one question. I totally love the way that you're just thoroughly in depth going through the scriptures, telling it like it is. Your spirit is very bright. And my question is, could you also touch on the the scriptures where they talk about, the Bible talks about the 144,000 chosen, where, where I believe where God has selected individuals throughout the world as far as to give them the information and the intelligence to resurrect this nation. Well, when it's talking about the 144,000, I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of people say, well, God is done with his people. Ain't no more Israelites, man. Y'all need to quit preaching that. He, he's done with Israel. And talk about the spiritual Jew. Yes, there is a spiritual Jew. Yes, the, 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 his people did reject the Messiah, and the, 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 the uh, Gentiles was engrafted in big time. I'm, I'm aware of that. And that, that the most I never did want just Israel. He never wanted just Abraham. He wanted the whole planet. The planet rejected this man named Abraham, believed him, and so he blessed him. So we reject the most high. People say uh, that when the Gentiles and the they say, well, that's it. No more Jews. But Paul went on to say in Romans, talked about Romans 10 and in Romans 11, have God forsaken his people. Is this the end of Israel? Is this the end? Is this the end of the people we know as Israel? And he goes on talking about an election. And then what you're talking about, my brother, in Revelations it talks about 144,000. And it says it's 12,000 from every one of the 12 tribes. 12,000 people times 12 is 144,000. Well, if God has done away with, with natural, biological DNA Israel, why is he dealing with 144,000? Very good question. You I love intelligent people asking intelligent questions. So glad you brought it because I wouldn't even thought of it. Now, here the Most High is using this 144,000 in the very end time, in the book of Revelation, when everything is getting ready to just transition. He uses, resurrect this 12,000. But I will say this. He's not resurrecting them just because of their DNA. He's resurrecting them because these people sought him from their heart, from their spirit, because in the end, that spiritual Jew is real. He is all about the spirit. It just so happened these DNA Israelites got on board and began to seek him like the Gentiles according to their heart, because ain't nobody going to, the Bible says the, the Father of the Spirit, those that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. Ain't nobody getting nowhere without spirit and truth worship. So these 12 thousand from the twelve tribes of Israel was the ones that sought the most high the most. 
and they will call before the foundations of the earth, and they will have the wisdom, and they will be able to teach, and they will know the true God, and they will know the true language, and they will know the true way of worship, and they will be able to give insight on uh, the, 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 the feast days are done with. A lot of these feast days are actually practiced throughout the New Jerusalem. They will be able to teach a higher knowledge, and I hope I'm a part of those 12, I hope I'm a part of the 12,000. Uh, open my part is 144,000 because I know I'm Israel. I know that I'm a natural, biological descendant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But I just hope that I'm counted faithful and true enough to be among the 144,000. I don't believe that's the only Israelite that's going to make it. I just believe that, because then, don't forget, my brother, there was, a, there was a number that no man could number. First, there was 144,000. Then the Bible talks about a number that no man could number. You follow me on that? Yes, I'm very clear on that one. So yes. I'm saying the 144,000 was 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 chosen. Obviously, they are going to be some type of leaders, you know. But it doesn't go into the scripture. Don't go really into at least I don't know. Maybe you can help me. I share some light on to the knowledge and insight that they have. But I do know that the Bible calls them the election. They're called they're they're remaining an election. Well, I'll say this. Um, I appreciate that. For my research these past three years, and, you know, I'm very, very, I can only tell you so much over the phone because it's, 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 it's a lot of people out here that's, that's really on these blog talk shows, and they're not for the best interest of what, what you got to say and what I got to say. And this is um, a I mean, you broke it down, so can you hear me? Repeat what you repeat the last twelve words you said. You broke up a little bit. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, far as like, I can only give you so much personal, far as my research over the phone, because there are people on these blog talk shows that definitely have the opposite agenda, far as what you're breaking down. Because Deuteronomy 28, just like you broke it down, is the truth. The curses and everything are very uh, visible today, and but you know, I look for as the overall where is the rainbow at the um in the where is the light at the end of the tunnel, you know, and the prophecy has got to be fulfilled. One thing I know about society right now, especially the United States, you seen that terrible situation in Colorado and things like that. And all these other distractions and things going on in the world. See, this is all evolved around what you're saying tonight. All these things in America, the United States, and all across the world, and all these terrible, um, you know, scenarios are all around, all evolved around. Just like you said, if these authorities are vulturous saying, oh, we have the power over these people and we can keep on putting our neck, our foot on their neck, well, the prophecy has got to be fulfilled. I mean, 400 years of slavery, you know, all this chaos within our communities and everything, okay, that's going to happen. At the same time, the resurrection must happen also. That's the part, see? That's the, that's the whole beautiful part about it. You know, well, how is it going to happen? Well, the Bible says what it says. It's going to happen. People are going to resurrect. You know what I mean? They're going to come out one by one. 
from east, west, north, south, you know. I can't tell you totally the other part of what I know because I'm very observed from where, where I stand at. I mean, I got people where I live, law enforcement, courts, people watching me, you know. People watch me. I know. Because if you're chosen, you know who your enemy is. You see what I'm saying? Right. So well, do me. I'm just here to, yeah, I'm just going to say this to you. I appreciate your information, but, you know, some of us got a bigger job, like you say. I'm just going to leave it right there. Well, let me let me say this to you. First of all, you got my contact. I don't want you to send me a message on Blog Talk because it's too hard to, I get like 200, I get so many messages, I can't read all of them, so I have right. to look for, I just, I, and I know people get upset, but I just get too many. So I want you to send me an email at Seth Stones, S-E-T-H Stones, S-E-T-H Stones, Seth Stones at Yahoo, and leave me your phone contact, and I'll talk to you further about whatever, whatever else you got going on. But I will say this, don't forget to listen to the shows on Tuesdays and Thursdays. We get more deeper into it. This is our family show. This show actually is being listened to by my family. This is a specific family and friends show. Friends can listen. I, I consider you a friend. Say your name again. Rich, Rich, Rich Black. Rich. Okay. It's Rich with Rich from Detroit. Well, this is the Douglas Family and Friends Network. Again, I'm Seth. I'm a part of the, uh, well, I'm related to both Book and Douglas. So I'm just saying, just know when you call, call on Thursdays, on Sundays, that it's a family show, and you do just what you did. Mm-hmm. You, you was perfect. You was perfect. But just know I don't get as deep as I get on these Sunday nights as I get on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So just know that, mm-hmm. too, okay? But uh, listen, okay. call call then and call on Sundays as well because we'll, we'll, we'll dabble a little bit on Sundays as well. But I hear you, and I appreciate the compliment. Okay, I appreciate you. Thank you. All right, man. That's All rich. Right. Sure. That's rich, and I always appreciate talking to smart people. And y'all got a little sample of what happens on Tuesdays and Thursdays. You saw he was ready to go deeper, and this thing does go deeper. And just if I got a, a dollar for every time somebody named Rich, not Rich, but somebody brother deep like him call, I'd be doing pretty good now. That's what we do on Tuesdays and Thursdays, family. Lots of people are waking up to this revelation. I'm telling you, a lot of people, they just ain't buying the okadoke. They're saying they're asking questions. Well, wait a minute now. If y'all went to the Holocaust and, you know, where is that in the Bible? They're asking questions, and that's what caused me to get up and put get my stuff together and go to Israel. And I went 2001. Uh, one, 2002, 2003, 2004, 2005, 2006, 2007, 2000. And I say all those years to let people know I'm not playing around with this. I went to the horse's mouth. I went to the place of our forefathers. I looked inside of those tombs. I've seen things. I visited here and visited there. And I talk with the people in love and respect that say they are Jews, and I'm telling you, you will be blown away to hear their response to this kind of teaching. Now, if you go there, you don't normally tell you anything. So, folks, listen, I only got like 10 minutes left, and I want to go to some of these scriptures real fast, but y'all heard Rich, who came out of the uh, whole different angle and asked a question. I'm sure I would have talked about it in the future, but, I mean, I didn't, didn't think about that, but the 144,000, yeah, what about the 144,000? If the Most High has done away with his people, he ain't going to be talking about no 12 tribes of Israel in the latter days. 
He just went talking about that number that no man could number. Remember the book of Revelation, about 144,000, talking about a number that no man could number? He would just talk about that number, the number that no man could number. Why would he be talking about the 12 tribes? Because he's not done with Israel. There is a remnant that's going to be spared. Yes, a lot of Israelites is going to suffer. They're going to go through. Um, a lot of people will lose their lives because there's a lot of things that's coming our way, and I don't want to scare nobody because we don't normally get that deep on this show. But let me give you all some more scriptures you can look up later that will point to uh, us being the true people of the book and the relevancy of scriptures in our life, the purpose of this show. i got about five minutes because this thing will shut down on me literally in ten minutes what I want to, and I'm just going to cut off. So let me just go as fast as I can. One scripture, one, somebody asked this question. Lord, Father, how long will we suffer as a people? How long will we suffer as a people? And it says, the Father came back and says, the God of the Old Testament says, until your houses be without a man. I bet that got some of y'all looking right now. It says, till your houses be without a man. Okay, and uh, I'm trying to find that scripture. Some of these I have wrote down. I apologize. I should have all of them wrote down, but I was going to talk about something else, and at the very last minute I switched, and I, I promise you, I've been talking about this for over 20 years, and i got scriptures for every single one of these, but I have to kind of throw this together at the last minute. But it does mention that a house is led by women. And one scripture says it like this. It says, uh, let's see here. Here it is. I was just 66 and 11. See, we can find it. 6 and 11. Don't forget Isaiah 4. Talk about seven women to one man. That blew y'all away, I'm sure. Okay, 6 and 11. Then said I, Lord, how long? And he said, and he answered, until cities be wasted without inhabitants and the houses without a man, and the land utterly desolate. So this is a situation where it was been explained what Israel will go through, and somebody said, how long will this be? Again, Isaiah 6 and 1, he says, unto your houses be without a man. And that's why so many of our women today are leaving these houses without a man. Isaiah, excuse me, Jeremiah 1 talks about the Most High, how he hits to the nations of the north. Hold on. Okay. He hits, he called the nations of the north down to Jerusalem to occupy Israel, to, to, to take that land from Israel. So a lot of y'all know about Pope Urban II, who commissioned the Catholics. He was a Catholic pope, and he got Europe all stuff, and he started something called the Crusades. And there was lots of Crusades, but this particular pope had him to go down and take the land. He said, let's go and wrestle the land out of those uh, wicked Muslims. Israel was in the hands of the Muslims at the time. But even the Muslims was a part of the Most High's judgment upon his people when he scattered them throughout the four corners. 
The fact that Israel wasn't occupying their own land and the Muslims was there was a part of the punishment. But then the Crusaders came down and ran out the Muslims. And this is how Israel to this day gained its white presence because the Most High said in Jeremiah 1 that he would bring all of the nations. He uses the word A-L-L, all of the nations, north of Israel. I'm going to say that again. Jeremiah 1 talks about how the Most High said he would bring all the nations from the north to occupy Israel as a punishment, judgment against his people. That's how the whitening of that nation became so white, how that whole region, I'm talking about Egypt too, all of it became white. But that area used to be a very dark land. And even to this very day, it's a very dark land. Even if you go and visit the Muslims, the, the, Muslims, the Israelites that I visited down in South Israel, they will take you on a, on, a, on a journey. They call it the hidden ones, where they talk about the the true presence of Israel, and they take you to all of these black communities in Jericho and Jerusalem, uh, yet even Jerusalem, or uh, we say Jerusalem, but it, all of the areas, Sega uh, Shalom, all of the areas, all of the areas. Of Israel as much as you can as they can take you to, and they show you the black presence. You will be amazed by how black that land is even today. But that's after the Crusades have come and they're there. You know, you know. Remember, uh, Revelations two and nine did say, "Behold, I know those who say they are Jews and are not, but are of the synagogue of Satan." There is people that were supposed to be perpetrated to be Israel. Revelations 3 and 9, that was 2 and 9 I just quoted. Revelation 3 and 9, behold, I will make them come and worship at thy feet. Those who say they are Jews and are not, but are of the synagogue of Satan. One more time. Revelation 3 and 9, behold, I will make them come and worship at thy feet. Who is the thy? Who, who are you talking about? Behold, I will make them come and worship at thy feet. Those who say they are Jews and are not but of the synagogue of Satan. Two times he used the phrase synagogue of Satan. I believe that the people in Israel today have been called into Israel to be judgment against the most high people. Israel is scattered. They're in exile, forced out of their land into captivity. Where we're at today. Now, there's a small remnant of them, tiny, tiny, tiny of them that I go visit, have returned. But I don't think it's time to return to that land because when Israel, the remnant, the very small portion of them return. They ain't coming to be no servants. We've served enough in these other countries. We're coming to rule. One scripture talks about how he would hiss to the nations of the north. The Most High would hiss to the nations of the north. The Most High would hiss. He's going to hiss like, say, hey, hiss to the nations of the north. Now listen to this, folks. The scripture says, y'all getting this? The Bible says that he will cause a nation. He will hiss. Look up the word H-I-S-S, how the Father said he would hiss to the nations of the north to come and occupy Israel. And then Joel 2, Joel 2 is a very good scripture that talks about Joel, the book of Joel, chapter 2. Talk about how the Most High is going to use these people. See, this is what a lot of people don't understand. The Most High 
when Israel is disobedient, he will use other nations to punish Israel. And this is where a lot of people don't understand this. They, they feel like, well, why is he a good guy? Why is he doing that? But definitely, definitely, he said he would hiss and call other nations to punish his people. Joel, too, talks about how this nation, it describes them, about how they, anyway, folks, time is running. I got like 60 seconds before this end. Again, to get more on this, simply go to five smooth stones, blockcoin.com slash five underscore smooth underscore stones. Then you'll get a more slower presentation. Of course, there's about eight of them. I have scriptures after scriptures after scriptures where I go over these prophecies. I'm going to be cut off any minute. I probably should put some music on because I'm going to be cut off any minute. Well, I'll just talk to this cut off. But anyway, family, this has everything to do with you, everything to do with your life, everything to do with your kids, because we are the people in that Bible, and everything about us is related to that book. The Most High is going to redeem his people. He's going to spare us. He's going to spare us if we obey, at least our household, our nation. He's going to have to spare our nation when he gets good and tired. 